Hello, internet friends, and welcome to episode number 148 of Final Boss TV, your WoW and Game Rating Show. I'm your host, my name's Adam K.K. Bay, and I kind of messed up the pre-pull there a little bit because I had the wrong window selected, so I'm sorry for the two seconds you waste on your pre-pod. It happens, okay? At least it's not that unholy DK hitting their army of the dead too close to the boss and pulling it like six, all right? Okay? We're all right. But welcome to the Protection Paladin episode. And if you live under a rock, Method just got down Mythic Kill Jaden. So I am working on the Mythic KJ World First interview, looking to be soft locked for July the 30th, barring four more kills happen by then. So more on that one. Next week's show will be the Mistweaver Monk, which have been waiting for a very long time. They have the dubious task of sort of being the last healer interview in this first junket pass so we'll give them the uh you know benefit of the doubt and we'll talk to them next sunday about all of that madness but of course thanks to all of you who are supporting the show and keeping me going here on patreon if you are interested in getting more of these shows and sort of a little look behind the scenes and sort of how they come together and whatnot that's over on patreon link is down below I sit down with all of my guests and we sort of have like a little unscripted sit down meet and greet. So all the episodes are on there. The show notes are there as well. So if you want to go back and check all those out, we're up to 21 BTS podcasts so far, right? Yeah. You can go click on the, the tag here and get your Patreon BTS fix if you'd like. And of course, a big shout out to the assistant producers that are supporting the show at a ridiculously generous level. So, Truffles, Ludovicus, Tazlin, R4, Dalthier, Quen, and Vrez. Thank you to your generous ridiculousness, you crazy nerds. That's enough out of me, though. So, let's go over here and meet our guests today. Returning for the first time with a camera this time from the beta junket. As his other, other, other name? I don't know. He's got like 17 names. There's Liminara. Welcome, Actually, sir. 18 now. 18 Hello. names? Yeah. <laughs> you you have you have like seven. You want to like list them off real quick here. I mean, it's one for every red paladin that gets benched in a top twenty guild. So. Oh, oh shit. Are we gonna really bring that up right off the bat? Yeah. I mean, might as well. It's the red pally show was last week. They, they they talked about five. It was oh come on now. But yeah, Liminara or Bithound or something or Greyhound as you were on the the, the beta show. But welcome back. This yep. time with camera, and well, and somebody had to carry the weight of uh, having at least one camera per show. That's that's true because not on camera uh, is this guy. I don't know. I don't know how you pretty say his name. It's just like a whole bunch of letters. Who is this guy? Uh, you can call me Fav. So it's like a noise, not a name. Is that? No, listen, dude. When okay. I was a kid, four-letter <laughs> names were all the rage. You know, like. The lowest amount of characters you could have in a game, so I literally just plugged in random letters. There you go. <laughs> okay, because I looked at it first and I thought it was like Faov, like all was fancy, but no, it's just Faov. It's just like a, a noise. <laughs> Beautiful, love it. I mean... <laughs> but welcome to the show, sir. Goodness. So, I wanted to like, get up here and, and clear the air as we get the intro out of the way here and bounce back to both of you on what you guys both do in the prop paladin community because chat is kerfuffling this and maybe people are already local. Like, these names, they do things, but 
they're not even playing prod paladin right now why is bay interviewing them oh yeah and then there's this guy with this thing yeah <laughs> not even in color dude doesn't even count you That's... don't need the color to see the forehead <laughs> that's pretty good that's pretty good it had to be if you're listening to this audio only you have no idea what just happened go head over to youtube and actually watch the uh watch and the show that's how you farms of views yeah exactly i get or something yeah <sighs> yep that that was had to happen at least once okay that's that's the one time you get all right control yourself <laughs> this is not the lights hammer discord all right okay oh is this a Shanghai Discord? We can make this. Mm. We can make this spicy. But, but Fayo, if you want to, like, give me a rundown of what you dabble in in the, the Protection Paladin community, what your background as a tank is, and uh, why I should be talking to you about this stuff. Yeah, um, I just want to point out that Blueprint's got nothing on me, and <laughs> I actually did better than him on several fights that are on Nighthold, and I have pictures. So when he's trying to talk shit... I want him to remember that, all right? And then second, you know, in the Prop Paladin Discord, I'm a mod, and I write some of the guides. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, the, the current situation you're in with your with your guild, though, is you kind of have to, like, play what is best, the, the pushing you're doing. Hence the reason why. And that's sort of the, the sign of the times, right? And this kind of comes around when we do the tank shows that I can't always interview every tank because they don't have representation at the high end. So that sort of sort of happens because you're you're yeah. mostly playing Brewmaster right now. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, most tank players just play whatever is good in the patch. So, and yeah. I think like almost everybody in like the top end rating, except for Blueprint, is not playing <laughs> Prop Paladin. Like, just literally just just him for some reason. So, yeah. Well, and and my GM apparently. Shout out to Sam, keeping it together, dying to auto attacks. Nice. <laughs> We'll get into that as the show goes on. But there's there's more where that came from. So, but uh, Liam, you want to wrap up your side of things? What do you dabble in in the uh, the proc community? What do you do? Uh, I I decide who gets to promoted to be a mod and uh, prod paladin Discord like Faith was. Mm -hmm. Is uh there's there is no shady deals behind everybody's back to get him a mod. <laughs> uh, okay. In addition to that, I do like do. A, big chunk of tier crafting or or what's left of it since uh blizzard is slowly slowly killing it off in order to get something going for prod paladins i made like some spreadsheets at the start of expansion and then realized that i'm not like a monk so i should probably get better than that and simcraft has been like slowly maintained and kept up and updating plus i don't know like i, I make like regular charts and things and uh start uh drama discussions with other charity crafter feel crafters about why i don't know for fun yeah there's this huge document so you have the prop paladin faq guide that links of course out to the the wowhead one the weak auras the paladin discord and this is see what i'm talking i'm pretty sure you can change the color of these links just oh i'm already working it. on that there's oh, okay a, there's an overhaul coming tonight for that guy <laughs> okay like, completely a lot more than related just... to being promoted to a mod completely but you go through a whole bunch of stuff in this 14 well like it's like 12 pages because the last phase of the first page don't really matter too much but you have a whole bunch of resources in this FAQ, so of course if things aren't answered on the show, because we're not going to be able to go through every single thing, you can check out a whole bunch of stuff in this. Of course, it'll be linked in the 
description box on YouTube, or I'm sure it's pinned somewhere and posted in the Discord. But the interesting thing at the bottom here, after you go through all the Nighthold bosses, there is a link to something put together by Panthea, which is another document. So do you have any shout-outs you want to give to anyone other than who else puts together stuff for uh, the Prop Paladin community that needs to get a little bit of pat on the back? Do you have any shout-outs uh, you want to do? Yeah, I got some shout-outs. So we got Wolians, who does like a bunch of The Sims, did the uh, SimCraft guide. We got Panthea, who did the this list and tanking profiles we have paper who did some stuff for legendaries this is so many people that contribute in there so like those are just like three that come to mind you know mm -hmm. and we have my waifu who does <laughs> as well and he, he helped me with the guide like that google doc that i'm gonna redo tonight uh, okay. that. So, yeah oh and his wife who helps him a lot yes yeah can confirm <laughs> and and blueprint for being you know toxic oh. And somehow still got Templar. I mean, toxic. I mean, mm. Blueprint is not toxic. Blueprint is oceanic player. They <laughs> exist on a different level of uh, social norms oh, and okay. uh, social spectrums, so to say. <laughs> Somewhere on the spectrum, Blueprint exists. This is like typical guy talk, where like your friends get bashed not only behind their back but right into their <laughs> face when they can't defend themselves. Fair enough. Oh, he but he so just that's the best kind of match. Like it's the OC match, dude. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, well, you, we, we see now. Apparently, I've said that word before, and because I don't have like the British accent, it, I don't say it properly. So apparently, we can't use the word if we can't say it properly. So, yeah. <laughs> no bets for you. No, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. No. So outside of those two things, are there any other big? chunky resources that the paladins can use? Is there other stuff in the Discord or things that you guys have figured out that you need to draw attention to? Or Lim, do you have anything? Uh, not really. I mean, Wowhead Guides, yay. Sponsored by Wowhead. Well, no, it's actually, no, it's no, it's not. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but in reality, I mean, like, pretty much like Paladin Discord has everything in pins. So, it, it, pretty much every single question that you can ask is already answered in pins, and if you actually click on that button and you scroll through it and you read it, you're going to find an answer. Okay. How about, I always have to bring this up too, and I actually didn't have this loaded, so I'm going to bring this up for later in the show. How is the Icy Veins Prot Paladin Guide? Do either of you know like how, how that holds up? Usually I use it on the show just for like hoverovers, for, which I'll use later on for legendaries or whatever, but uh, how is this put together. Uh, I'm going to say like this since uh since I actually think that people should not plagiarize, I try to do my best of just not even reading it as a guide. Cuz I know that like there's been uh some uh, episodes recently in the community namely with warriors and warlocks where some people don't read other people's guides but don't they like mirror them very closely mm. somehow this magic happening where your guide is like matching somebody else word for word, but it's definitely not plagiarism. It's just you're both thinking of the same exact thing at the same time. Sure. <laughs> or like yeah. this word. I would so, read Icy Just put that out there. Don't read Icy Veins. So that, like, I, I, I don't honestly read Icy Veins. I try to see like all of the best information I see in the Prod Discord and just bring it over to Wowhead Guides. Okay. And just keep it. Because again, like, I, I, I use Wowhead Guides for like even classes that I don't know. 
the one exception being Azotarian, just because I know him personally. Mm-hmm. So I just I generally like when I when I need specific for like about like BM and BM, like I'll I'll look at Azergarth because I know him. And if if I have any questions, it's just easier for me to literally just bother him and say, "You said this. Why why did this?" But otherwise, like I mean, I I stick to Wowhead and like I said, I I don't know. I've I've haven't opened IC Vein's guide for Prot Paladin since like Cata probably. I don't it's... know if they had them back then. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because there are certain situations where the guide writer on both of the prominent websites curates both. Like, like I, I, I can always promote both of them, even though I'll always err on the side of Icy Veins, because Word Up does enhancement on both. Like, he, he writes one, curates it, and then reformats it for the other, so they are basically mirrored, but they're about the same author. But it's every both websites don't have a, a parody like that all the time, so there's always going to be different information on one than the other, and that's why I was curious. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna like go out and bash them on like five. Like I've never read it, so I can't say if it's bad or not. Like I'm I'm pretty sure that outside of a one major guide writer for IC veins who has like handles apparently 50% of the classes existing in WoW, mm. I would assume that most of the other ones are good. I have no idea who that mysterious person might be who's writing like guides for literally half of classes in WoW, but that's... I mean, I have like... The reason I don't think IC veins is good is because at some point during the expansion they had like some kind of like random 30% haste cap and we got a bunch of random questions in the prop discord. There is no haste cap. Like, I mean, there is, but it's not easily attainable. So it doesn't I actually matter. wonder if they just like confused red with prods. But, yeah, I because I remember like, there was like that was that was the thing for like red, but I think they wanted to have thirty percent plus. So I don't know. Yeah, hmm. and just like the way they like present the information, there's just a lot of wrong things in it. Like the talent choices are often wrong. Like it tells you to like not use some certain talents when you should be. You know, it's just wrong. <laughs> Yeah, or maybe she's not up to date, you know, I don't know. So Some of the things come out, and we'll go through all that stuff later in the stats section, but even even I had to, we had to deal with one of those things recently too, and getting it out there in, in the platform that we have as Discord is really helpful, because then you can hopefully propagate it to a few thousand, which then goes even farther than that. But yeah, someone says something, and then all of a sudden everyone's like, are we supposed to have 55% mastery? And I'm like, what did, where'd this come from? Excuse me? What? So we never know. They always come from somewhere, or someone says it in some video, or we don't, yeah. Someone saw something, and then it just spreads. And it's not always real, but... What is real are the last two patches, so we'll go through... I looked through this, and I was trying to find what was happening, and the same thing happened for Rhett recently, and it's weird, because I don't know if that means that it's... The spec is in the right place. But in patch 7.2, all I could find was the Judgment of Light update. Which just means that if you have multiple on there, they'll still, like, tick off to people on the normal cooldown. So they fixed it, basically. And then in 7.25, all you had was the Ardent Defender nerf. Which means that you'll still die if it goes above 200% of your HP. It wasn't even a nerf in reality. It was like a fix, was it? Yeah. And then you had the active mitigation duration change to three times base duration. So Brewmaster Monks can't stack Iron Skin Brew for 17 hours. And uh, Repentance and Blinding Light lost their damage. But that was it from these patches. And I haven't seen anything on 7.3 for Prot, so... Well, I mean, I don't think there's been a lot of info picked up for 7.3. Like, I think most of the data that I remember seeing, data mined was just uh, hot fix that went in after that are just now being picked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, that, that, that was a thing that, like, they haven't been really touched since 7.15 because the Judgment of Light changed, like, it's nice, but it literally meaningless and pretty right. much any relevant environment like only person who cares about it is probably your holy paladin your raid because now they have a chance to use that talent 
And otherwise, I mean, the AD absorption cap, I'm pretty sure there was some sort of absorption cap on it before, because I remember, let's say in Heimal on uh, Morak or something, that if you solo soak the balls, it could kill you, it could not kill you if it like absorbed too much damage. Hmm. So I'm, I'm not, I, I don't remember 100%. I remember there was like something of that nature back then. So, but in reality, like if you're taking something that's doing like more than double your max health and damage, like it probably shouldn't be taking that. Right. The SITR charge is like change. I guess it's like a tiny nerf if you're playing um, Bastion of Light because then you can't just like triple pop all three charges of Shields of Righteousness and like with whatever you had before. But in reality, like that means that you can't go over like 15, 14 seconds. My math is hard. So it's like in, you're never going to go to those values of Shields of Righteousness anyway. So it changes nothing in reality. So it, it might have been like a nerf for like monks mostly, mm -hmm. but for everybody else, it's like who cares? Yeah, I mean, there's no other tank that really gets punished by that other than monks because you will never really have a situation where you go over three, you know, three times the maximum duration of Shield of Righteous. Like even if you use Bastion of Light, it doesn't really hurt you. You just have to delay one charge. Yeah. That's it. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. So that that change was literally entirely targeted at monks. Like I, they could have not even made a change to any of the class would have been fine. The AD cap change I think was needed because there's just a lot of dumb things you can do with it. But at the same time, like for example, like if you look at like Maiden, right? If AD was not capped, you would have to use no skills but just AD. I mean, it's pretty much the same thing right now. You only need like Shield the Righteous and Art of Defender on a Maiden to smash. But you know, you could not even have Shield the Righteous and still survive. Right. Yeah, there's a few things. That's like all I found for the tweak. So does that, to go back to my first question, does that mean that Protection Paladin, or we talked about this on the show last week with Retribution Paladin, does that mean they're okay? Or does that mean that Blizzard doesn't know what to do to like fix some of the potholes that are developed in that class over the course of the last nine months? Because I mean, I would say with Fred Paladins, like those potholes didn't develop in the course of last month. They developed from whenever Mist of Pandaria ended. Because, I mean, those, those bad holes have literally been the same for the last two expansions. So it's, if there's any special and you can use defensive for it, Proud Paladin is going to survive because you have probably the strongest, single strongest active mitigation in the game, with the exception of, like, monks and how that active mitigation just works because you have, like, 50% plus mitigation just on demand easily. You don't need a personal, like, you don't need cooldowns. Like, there's most of the special specialist magic damage. You can just use, like, your active mitigation. You can just do, like... Shield of Righteousness like plus a minor defensive and you're going to be fine surviving. But on the flip side, that in order to balance it out, when you don't have Shield of Righteousness up, you have to be squishers in other tanks, which means that like now you have Proud Paladins getting like two Shadow and Kill Jaden when they don't have debuffs or anything, and you're just like, you're tanking, 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 splat. Yeah, the issue has always been not specials, but always like the auto attacks in between. And even then, it's just, like doable. It's not like, it's not like the class is not viable by any means. It's just... It's not like Warriors on Odin. Yeah. Oh, poor warriors on Odin. Like, literally every other tank has 100% uptime on their active mitigation. Like, DH is kind of sketchy. I know, like, Demon Spikes, and then after the new tier, it won't be like that, but they're really bad, too. True. Like, it's no coincidence that the tanks that don't have 100% uptime on their mitigation are the worst tanks right now, so... I mean, in a way, I, I lump... Obviously, you have the two shield tanks, but I kind of put in a way that, like, Demon Spikes is almost a pseudo, like, shield block-style mechanic or SOTR sort of thing, right? Like, it's not... It's not Stagger, it's not Iron Fur, it's not, um, I would not even put, like, Bone 
armor bone shield in that regard because it's always going to be up anyway because you're stacking it for the max health regardless so those are always up all the time versus the three other tanks which have to be active but then yeah you have the same problem but that that leads me which is this is what I thought when I was writing these notes that leads me over to the 7.2 artifact traits you guys got, right? That you have all maxed out now and you're working on. The first one is what is what is this? Can we talk about Holy Aegis? Because if it's you're awful. You're, you're dying to auto attack, so they gave you 4% parry. All right. Like it's a small DPS increase and it's like it's yeah, it's a small survival increase too because sure. parry's proc Grand Crusader, which means more Avenger shield. Right. It's but it's still just such a mediocre trade. I mean, it's not an, like it's just you know there's a lot of mediocre trades in that game. Gotta get hyped feels... for that uh, slightly more RNG in your survival. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what you need more yeah. RNG. Like, if if it was like something like something like you know like Warriors got where like your blocks block for more damage, but even then it would be bad because we don't have a hundred percent block like Warriors do. Yeah. Like so, it's just oh, it's so mediocre. I don't even know why they bothered. Yeah, that one looks pretty bad. Um, Defender of Truth. I guess looks fine. AD just gives you a 12% max health shield when it fades. Then Blessed yeah. Stalwart is just 8% more damage and damage reduction on your next Shield of the Righteous. So those well, look... Blessed was actually really good initially. It was fantastic. It was, it was 25%, which was oh my God. noticeable. Wow. Yeah. And the thing is that this is 8% not additive, but multiplicative. So it's actually, sure. it's even worse than it seems. It's very So when small, it was 25%, yeah. it was actually like pretty nice. It was noticeable. And then they're like, you know what? That actually looks strong and useful. Let's just nerf it. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Mm. See, the thing with Blessed Stalwart was I really liked the concept of it because it added another like element of skillful gameplay into your kit, right? Like, obviously, it's not it's not that hard to keep track of using Judgment before every Shield of Righteous. And they actually had a really cool formula where it would average Shield of Righteous if you did or did not use it. That's covered in the Discord. I won't go into details on that. But like, it was really skillful. It was really fun to play, right? Because you got rewarded for it. But one, it didn't solve the issue, right? Inside of Shield of the Righteous, a Paladin is basically not going to die anyway. So it doesn't give you extra Shield of the Righteous uptime, so it doesn't solve one issue. And two, when you make it 8% from 25%, like, you, you can just pretend it doesn't exist. Like, you don't even have to worry about it. You can just get the passive benefit. Like, when it was 25%, you'd actually encourage good play, whereas now it's kind of just passive. So is it a, if it's multiplicative, because you got to look at the wording, so is that a 1.08 times the actual amount that you'd have in SOTR? Yep. Yes. So, so it's basically, like a few actual percent. Yes. Like it's like fifty percent. Like it depends on how much mass you have right now. But like if, I, if you're inside consecration without T19, you can have like around fifty percent damage reduction, just mm -hmm. approximately a little more than that. So you'll get eight percent on top of that. So four percent extra. It's okay, but it's not amazing. Yeah. yeah, that seems pretty, pretty small, considering. Yeah, I mean. Hmm. It's still, like, decent. 4% damage reduction is, like, I mean, like, what most base legendaries for most tanks are around 4%. Like, you know, like, bears. It almost, it almost was like it should be an additive bonus, because at flat 8%, that would probably be, like, there might be a break-even spot there, or a little bit more reliable. And because if it's multiplicative, as it is now, you have to really put a lot into mastery to see a benefit, versus if it was additive, it would just be, like, a flat little bonus. Yeah, so, I mean... Out of there would be a little absurd. Like, like when it was 25%. Well, that, yeah. Would, but... Yeah, it was absurd. Like, I was so excited. But like I said, even if it was absurd, it doesn't solve the issue where your weakest point is outside of Shield Righteous, so. Hmm. Interesting. But that's all you, you really had. Is that anything else to go over on the traits? Is there anything you can do? Because you can sort of line up Defender of Truth into Bulwark of the Order, I suppose, to get extra absorbed timing. 
to buff you over, but is that doesn't seem like it's much you play around with. Twelve yeah. percent max HP is less than Magnum Opus, so I mean it's it's nice. I mean for a just a regular trait, it's pretty good. It's not bad. And it encourages using AD more. Like I when people come to me asking to look at their logs and see what they're doing wrong, I see a lot of paladins think they need to hold AD for like when they're gonna die for the cheat death effect. But in reality, it's better to just use it for the damage reduction, the health, you know, in general. It's just nicer. Unless you need it for a cheat death effect. Hmm. Okay. Fair enough. Outside of that, I want to sort of bring up something that's very... It's a little more discussion-oriented right now. So, you both have sort of peppered it in the openings here, and... I wanted to bring up the feel of Legion tanking, sort of how it's been developing over the last, you know, nine months or so now. And we're in Legion Tier 2. If you want to, like, follow, like, the Tier tier 0, which is, like, Emerald Nightmare, Tier 1, which is obviously Nighthold, Tier 2 now is the Tomb of Sargeras, Tier 3, of course, on the horizon being Antorus, the Burning Throne on Argus. But, so what do you, what's your initial feel of tanking when you first started out versus now? And I'll go to Lim on this first because this is sort of his point. Because, like, you were saying in the BTS podcast when it got kind of spicy last night, that it's always spicy. You, you've you've been wanting to tank less and less, like you're having less fun tanking. So, like, yeah. talk to me about that. I mean, I would say for me, that's been like general kind of general feeling since the end of Mystic Pandaria. Is that as the time went on, tanking just became I felt like less and less rewarding. Because, mm -hmm. like, like I said, Mystic Pandaria like was honestly like tanks. As tanking as a role was overpowered, like you, you could literally just like solo carry a raid. When you pull a boss, you go like cap vengeance. You number one on healing, number one on DPS, just like soloing bosses and everything. So I mean, like honestly, that was that was I was like overtuned, but it was it was fun. That that's the thing that that was probably like the most fun tanking gameplay there was because on one hand you would mix damage done. But you still wanted to see like how much damage could you mitigate, and the more damage you could mitigate, the more damage you could do. So it was like it was really fun gameplay that you were trying to take more damage, but without dying, and without having to rely too much on healers because healers couldn't keep you up if you were just pushing vengeance. Like you would not be able to do it. So what happened going into Wad was we lost vengeance and we got resolve, and resolve was probably going to be a good mechanic because you have. The more damage you take, the more healing you do. But then I felt like Blizzard like messed up the tuning or something, or just capped it too low. But like half the time, like I remember we were doing Manoras falls, and you would just basically cap resolve standing in a green pot like before, like just from non basically non-existing damage. So after some like your mitigation capped really early, and it was very spiky with resolve. Like you would either sit at zero percent resolve, or you would like hit it to fifty. So it was like I don't know, it was very questionable mechanic. And going from Mist of Pandaria, when you had like interesting tank mechanics where tanks would be able to sort of like min max, going to Wad, you lost a lot of it. Like I remember when we were doing HFC, and it's like you get to what was it like Valor's Zakun, and you have this like down phase where like he smashes you with a hammer, you go down in shadow phase, and like there's like a different part of the fight. And like the, before we even pulled it, like I see like oh like it says like oh he sends you to like a sep like separate shadow realm. I'm like oh it's gonna be like Sha of um, Pride and Siege, where you have like the balls, you have to run, collect them, and everything. Mm -hmm. That's going to be spicy. And then at the end of the day, 
you get to Felor Zakun, he just smashes you and you just go and set on the market for 10 seconds AFK and then come back. And I was like, okay, that's a that's not a fun mechanic. And then you get to Archimond on Heroic, and you're literally your entire tank gameplay is just smashing slash set as you're getting pushed against the rock and trying to die as quickly as you can. Like that when when I got that mechanic and we when that was the number one strat, I was just like, are you serious right now? Like the number the best strat for this fight involves me killing myself like five times over in a single boss fight. Like that is like I would say that that is like probably the worst design I've ever seen. And the irony of that is once we got to TOV with Helia, once tanks try to do the same exact strat as they did on Arky, it was bogged, it was exploit, people got banned, and you're just like Blizzard, like can you be consistent? Like you're saying that oh like well if tanks die since lives don't spawn, that's an exploit. But if tanks die and the conduit despawns and nobody's taking damage and you just burez, that's fine. Like just consistency, please. Yeah, there's and, a couple couple situations where that's happened, and like that's where you you there's a weird line between is that a strat you use, like sacrificing people to soaks or sacrificing tanks has been a thing that's been around for as you going through like at least the last expansion or two. But then yeah, when we try to do it again and then it becomes an exploit because Blizzard doesn't think that we're gonna do things like that. Yeah, and the second issue I have is just in general how Blizzard... I remember, I think, going from mob to what Blizzard had this whole stance on we're going to nerf your active mitigation, we're going to nerf our cooldowns, because back in mob, all of your cooldowns were basically twice as long, and a lot of them were stronger when the shorter cooldowns, so like you had way more personal defensives. Going to what? We're going to nerf your cooldowns, we're going to nerf your active mitigation, you're going to stop dying to auto attacks, and your cooldown usage is going to feel more rewarding. Which end of the day, none of that happened. You would like ask like tanks and butcher how how much how much more rewarding it was just having to rely more on externals. And I mean, going through the entirety of wads, it was very say like questionable tuning. And again, like that's when Proud Paladins suffered. I remember back in Blackrock Foundry where everybody well part of Blackrock Foundry issues was Proud Paladins that so they weren't monk or blood DK where monks would go in and just like take every single mechanic known to man mm-hmm. and survive it just fine and blood DKs would go take every single mechanic known to man and heal it up and like top damage so it was like hmm you're complaining about tanks doing damage and then you go and make your breath of Sinja go so it's like infinite uptime infinite healing infinite damage like that's okay but the issue yeah. is that just like the blizzard mechanics it's like especially i remember going into even more like once first we had the whole like you're going to stop dying to auto attacks going into wad going into legions there was the whole notion of we're going to make tank mechanics interesting it's going to not going to be taunted two stacks it's going to be fun engaging both tanks are doing something happy happy fun time and then we get to have the bosses and it's literally ta- taunted two stacks taunted three stacks as soon as you get this debuff taunted me so you don't kill everybody in your raid by purple lightning like those sort of things well, there was a couple, I brought this up before on past tank shows where I actually thought from looking at the outside, you know, as I only am a D- melee DPS, some of the, the tanking mechanics in Nighthold I felt were really good, but I brought up like Star Augur, where it's, you could technically one tank it, but you're not yeah. just taunt swapping, like you're responsible for helping clear the room for your raid, but your raid's responsible for putting the poop in the right spot so you can clear it properly, like, there was a back and forth on that one. But bringing I mean, it up like on said, previous shows, they... they did they did do some interesting tank mechanics. Like that's hundred yeah. percent true. But at the same time, it's not like it's not like at every single expansion prior to Legion, we just had like zero interesting tank mechanics. Like there were some 
they just weren't always present. And that's what happened here, is that you have some tank mechanics, but they're present, like... I mean, Scorpion was nothing interesting. <laughs> let, let's, just, let's just go right through the dungeon. Scorpion was boring. Chromatic Anomaly, like, you press an extra button. That's pretty boring. Chillix, nothing. Spellblade. Mm. Tyke was maybe interesting, depending on how you handled it. Croesus was, again, completely boring. Botanus is... I mean, as long as your bear doesn't go into human form and try to tank that way, Botanus was also pretty okay. Like, Starogers was interesting, but then Starogers, like, you just had every single warrior being happy that they're getting sad for, like, their whatever co-tank to solo tank. You have Grand Magis, Magistrix, which, again, pretty much nothing happened. I guess Gul'dan was interesting when you get to see your uh, tanks flying up the edge and... <laughs> wow. The action... They well, also, actually, Gul'dan had very interesting tank mechanic. It just involved mages and warlocks. That was that was the interesting tank mechanic of the tier. You play a major warlock, and then you have to tank the orb. I don't think the tank mechanic on Gul'dan was meant to be for anyone. Like an actual tank, that's definitely meant well, to yeah. be for a mage. Yeah. No, but that's what I'm saying. They got the interesting mechanic. It's like, oh, there's like a spicy ad that spawns. You need to like dispel something, spell steal it. Tanks add. Yeah. No, I enjoyed. Honestly, like out of Nighthold, I think the fights I enjoyed the most as a tank was Gul'dan and Augur. Those two were really fun. Everything else was seemed just kind of simple swap when you're told stay alive. The end. Yeah. And also, they they in this Legion they started with more emphasis on the horrible mechanic of artillery from from what's it called from Iron Reaver. Where it's like you you get the debuff on you and now you just have to like run away thirty yards away, and I just remember even when we were doing testing on beta and we got to Night Tantra and we got like Blood Decay, so that was so much fun with them, where like Blood Decay would just walk into the boss, get the debuff, walk out of the boss, and by the time he comes back, he just taunts and gets the debuff again, and they were just we were playing ping pong with like a <laughs> Blood Decay just running out mechanic. Yeah, so that I guess that brings me to the, the final point here. You sort of both went over what encounters you enjoy tanking or what you don't enjoy tanking at all. So, like, what makes, from your side of things, what makes a solid tanking encounter or the tanking mechanics of a solid encounter? Like, you can use past examples or not or whatever. Like, because they're not going to be, they're not going to have all of them on the same plateau. There's going to be a lot of just like taunt at X, run away, Goroth style kind of really simple kind of things. But there, so I, I guess. Fayav, what's what do you think? Like, what's it makes a solid fight from a tank perspective? So basically, how I think about it is, if one of my DPS players can switch to their tank spec and come in and do my job perfectly on a fight, then I probably don't like how that fight is designed. I like where mm. it's kind of you know there's some like convoluted bits to it. You know, there's like timing involved, like some specific things you need to do. Like, I really like tanking uh, Avatar, for example, because you got to know when to move the maiden in between the beams, when to back her up so the melee can hit her during the shield, when the shield lines up with the rupture, the positioning in phase two, stuff like that. Like, it's just, I really like interactive fights like that. Uh, Kill Jaden 2 is pretty fun, you know, putting in between the obelisks, you know, the rift, and, like, for example, I kite sometimes with the orb in my sail group. But when fights are like Croesus, where you literally are sitting, it's literally stand in this circle, yeah. <laughs> swapping four stacks, <laughs> like, it's so boring. Engaging tank mechanics, just hands. Yeah, I don't think that's... any. I don't think any of the K hand bosses have been very tank 
engaging because there's only so much they can do when the boss is sedentary in the middle of the room, right? So, yeah. What about you, Lynn? What do you think? What makes a good tank? I mean, I feel like something that actually makes you... Like, I mean, right now, tanking is pretty much like ton on, like, ton when you're supposed to and position the boss and position yourself. Mm -hmm. I don't think that those are, like, in interesting from gameplay point of view. Like, I would say interesting fights were where you can tell the difference between gameplay between a good tank and a bad tank. Like, say, one of the good examples was, again, trying to ignore the damage and vengeance aspect of Mist of Pandaria. One of the good fights was uh, the troll in, what's it called, God? Well, one, Mogushin Worlds. Just being able, like, the tank with the uh, spell steal on Fang was pretty interesting for me, I would say, that because you were able to, like, decide which mechanics you're doing, you were able to, some some of it is, like, somewhat timing intensive, not really, but, so it was interesting fight that you get to sort of decide some of the part of the strat. Another one was I like Garajal, the Spirit Binder, because in that fight you could instantly tell the difference between a good tank and a bad tank, because when he had the Voodoo debuff that, like, everybody in Rage shares damage, mm. you can instantly see, like, is this tank mitigating a lot of damage, or is he like just being a paper tank getting carried by healers? That once you moved on, like you would, you would see that like yeah, like some tanks like they look solid on every single fight, but then you get to garage all, and your rage just melts because you realize that your tanks are actually just terrible and they're being literally being carried by healers. And on that fight, like healers can only carry you so much. Well, if you play have a different tank who's like mitigating perfectly using good defensives, not so much self-sustaining, but so on. But you have. You can see that the raid is not taking any damage, you can rely on the tank. I mean, another, I would say, kind of gimmicky, but also pretty fun fight from the same instance was Wall of Emperors, where you can do the dance, and just doing the dance alone without even, like, scumbagging for vengeance, you could do significant DPS. Yeah, I, I mean, the big there, thing... There's, like, a few more fights where Blizzard would actually, like, do some more interesting mechanics, like I would say Norwich and, and Siege. It's also interesting mechanic is how you get sun down. You have this like little, um, whatever like shossing. You have to tank. You can like you can either like try to kill it. I know like a few people killed it. You can just like stay in and survive it. I even like even some people I would just remember was just like try to go man mode and just like try to stack up vengeance on it to come out and like do mm -hmm. more damage. So it was it was interesting. So I feel like fights that either like push your tanks and for raid benefits from them taking less damage, like for example Spirit Binder, mm -hmm. or some other fights where you just do more damage and you get potential to do more more damage, not by gear but like by gameplay. Not just like, oh, you have your Guardian Druid with bracers and legs, <laughs> just smash that button during incarnate. Yeah. <laughs> get something else to add? Fayov? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, one of the biggest things for me in this expansion is that it feels like you have a lot less control over your own survival. Uh, they took away, like, a lot of, like, the self-sustain from previous expansions, which makes, like, bad tanks allowed to be carried by just good healers, and just feels really unrewarding to play. And it's really hard for a raid to, like, really see when a tank is good and doing their job because the mechanics are so simplified, and the healers can just kind of carry you through any damaging take you take anyway where it doesn't matter, which is why I really enjoy fights where, like, what Lim said is, like, you are doing something to noticeably make the raid take less damage or, you know, just something convoluted just makes you look good. I don't know. I love looking good. Fair just enough. not on camera. Yeah, apparently not on the camera. Yeah, not on camera. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that 
definitely leads into a more contentious point right now. And sort of I, I you know, teased uh, Five about playing Brewmaster Monk at the beginning of the show. But that, so the, the S or S plus tier tanks right now. If you're not playing, it was a really egregious thing, at least in Nighthold, where it was Brewmaster and Bear or Get the Hell Out. Now it's opened up a little bit. Blood Decay is in there. But it still brings back to the whole, like, where does Protection Paladin sit in there? Or what level of progression do you really feel like that actually becomes a, a thing you have to do? Because, like, you, when you play what the guild needs, that makes sense. But what, what makes, what do you determine? What do you find out about, like, well, these three or two tanks are worthless. Don't play them. Play this only. Like, how do you come to that? Right, so I'm going to hit you with the rankings, all right? Everyone's going to want to listen to it, because I get this question all the time. Hit like, him. Oh, tank chat. Yeah. And, like, prop out. Like, I, everyone always asks this question. All right, so this sure. is how, the, like, the rankings works. All right. So I think that, first off, I want to say that Warrior is super underrated. I think it is probably, like, you know, in the top tier of tanks. Like, every, all the damage this tier is blockable. And when you can block damage, Warrior is just absolutely fantastic. Like, they're really, really solid right now. And just the new Spell Reflect, any relevant magic damage that comes their way, the, the Spell Reflect is just so strong. They have a lot of cooldowns to handle, like, pretty much any situation, right? But the way I think of it is, like, Blood DK and Monk are probably, like, the two overall strongest tanks. Bear is, like, right there with them. But Bear brings, like, utility, like, Roar, which is oh, massive. Yeah. yeah. Like, the... And you can quote me on this. Like, I haven't seen Methods, you know, VOD or anything. The reason Method ran two bears on Kill Jaden was for Roar. Not because bears are insanely good. It's literally because of Roar, right? And I think we're probably going to look to do that as well. Um, but basically, yeah, it's basically Blood Decay and Monk are the top two. Bear and Warrior are not far behind. And then you have, like, Paladin, and then you have DH at the bottom. And I think that the level of progression at which this matters is pretty much only the cutting edge. Like, when you... Play, Paladin is really not a bad state like people think. It just requires a lot more focus than other tanks because you don't have 100% uptime in your mitigation. And it's a little more gear. It, like, it's a little less friendly with less gear than other tanks. You know, if you have more gear, it's a lot easier to do better on Paladin. It's really noticeable. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, if you're like, yeah, if you're like uh, not in like, you know, one of the top progression guilds, by the time you reach the point of, of these bosses where you really want to mid max, you're gonna have the gear to have Paladin be just as good as these other tanks. So there, and this is funny how I mean Bear would be even higher up there, regardless of the one minute raid wide sprint via via Roar. But they've been nerfed. I think they've been nerfed three times since launch. Like some pretty heavy handed ones. Obviously, Mark of Versals is gone. They've lost a lot of armor on on Ironfur. That's been toned down as they gain more gear anyway. In beta, it was a hundred percent. Like it's sixty percent now, I believe. Like they've been continuously knocked down, and they're still way up there in that contentious point for just you could just bear tank everything. I mean, so. Ironfur got nerfed because all of the bears went to forums and complains that Blizzard, we're gonna armor cap in uh, TOS. Oh, Blizzard, yeah. we're gonna armor cap. Why is our mitigation not working? So Blizzard's like, armor cap, you say, twenty percent up. <laughs> Welcome, enjoy enjoy going up to four stacks again. Right. So I mean and I mean like just I feel like bears have just really strong design in general, where you have your master, you have your verse, which are just good. You, your iron fur has hundred percent uptime, so you have the same like 
constant physical mitigation. And with your health ball, like you, yeah, like you can take some magic damage, but you already have a significant chunk of magic mit damage mitigation if you choose to have it. Like you can put in talents, you can just from gear itself. So it's like barriers are also pretty fine. Okay. And I guess the the point that I brought up here with Blood Decay becoming a thing, and we talked about this on the Blood Decay show, because at the time, you know, the, the few weeks ago or so that we had the show on, they weren't looking great, very good going into Tomb of Sargeras. Their set bonuses were, were propping them up a bit, but mostly it was the damage amp that they were given and the new legendary combinations that sort of came about with the, the patch. And a lot of it, though, when I watch, when I'm watching videos or looking at things or watching streams and I see Blood Decays as the main tank, it's... It's also an HP factor. I'm pretty sure it's it's rather okay to have like an 11 to 12 million constant HP tank as your main tank. Because regardless of, and I bring up this with the problem with Shield of the Righteous, a Paladin is not going to have that amount of HP. They'll have their windows of huge damage reduction. But would you rather take a 6 to 7 million HP tank or a 12 million HP tank? I mean... HP is like only, I mean, yeah, there's a concept of EHP and all that, but I think it's mm -hmm. only really relevant. Like, the way blood is, is that it just naturally has less mitigation. It takes more damage on the tanks, but obviously heals it back in like tons, you know, huge amounts. But unless you actually die, your HP is not that relevant to sure. you. Like, sure. yeah, but it, it does make you more vulnerable as a paladin because not only do you not have 100% uptime on mitigation, you have the lowest HP pool of all the tanks, so you can. Put yourself in a position to just get insta-killed if you're not playing properly. Right. That's why I brought that up. That's sort of a devil advocate thing. Like, HP and effective health kind of stuff, that obviously has been bounced around and thrown around ever since, like, the feeling and theory crafty, math crafty stuff has gotten more serious, I guess, in MOP when the talent changes and vengeance and blah, 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 blah. But it's still... It, it, it must free up something for your healers when they know that their tank isn't going to be two-shot by two autos or, like, one special, one auto... Because you have so much more HP. So that that's and that's sort of why Brewmaster HP is low, but their HP effectively is way higher because of stagger. Like way higher because of stagger. And blood decays have tons of HP, and bears also have tons of HP. Also, they heal for damage taken. So even if they take big hits, they can just yeah. heal for it the same way that Blood DK can. Hmm. So like, I don't think HP will solve Paladin's issues. I think the only thing that will solve Paladin's issues is more haste for more shield righteous uptime, for one, and just really focusing and playing the class as best as you can, because... <laughs> yeah. How how about more parry, though? Like, like uh, Holy Ages, no. more parry? Oh, boy, I left some more random when I'm uh, trying to survive. It's like, flip a coin. Do you parry and just get two-shot or not? Oh, well... Never know. That's such a weird... I remember back when the, the new traits came out, too, that y'all, like, skipped all that new stuff, where most people wanted to go for their new thing. That's always really bad when you get your new stuff, and you're like... Yeah. Eh. When, when we first got it, and we saw those 25% on Blessed Outward, everyone was sure. like, rush that thing. And then we found out that, like, under Earth, we were like, okay, go get Concentration of Flame if you want more damage or whatever. Like, it's still good. It's still yeah, worth it. it's like, you have all of those... You have all of those traits for relics. What do we pick? I consecrated in flame. Just, just, just consecration. It's fine. So then, to wrap all this up, are there any major bugs or tomfooler or issues with protection paladin right now that come to mind, or, or like it, things you're you're finding uh, are not working as intended, 
or is everything working fine? It's just numbers are kind of low. Uh, I mean, they did fix a lot of the issues, like the Judgment of Light thing. They regarded that as a bug. So multiple Judgments of Light stack, which is a nice change. Um, For Holy Paladins. <laughs> yeah. And then, well, I mean, if you were, if you had a Prop Paladin and a Holy Paladin, you would allow the Holy Paladin to run it just because they have a higher ratio on their heal. But anyway, um, the only bug that I'm, I'm sure there's some more, and there's like some convoluted stuff, but the only really big one I've noticed is when you have two prop paladins and they both use consecration, you don't get the benefit. Only one person gets the benefit if they're stacked. But no one even runs one prop paladin, so forget huh. two of them. Oh, okay. well, hey, 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 I I have a prop paladin. All right. Come on. <laughs> All right. I've, I've, I've run prop paladin, prop where I don't run them. It's not my guild, but the guild I'm in with Crisp. We, uh, we've been running double shield tanks for forever. So. Which that's unlucky. Um, a little bit. So, but is there anything else? That's the consecration thing. That seems. Uh, yeah, actually, Warriors reminded me. It's not just prop paladins, but yeah, if a holy paladin or a red paladin uses constant ah, consecration, then they won't give you the benefit either. So, like, if you're like doing a dungeon oh. or something with your holy paladin buddy, and he wants to DPS and drop consecration. You're like, please don't. I want my consecration, you know? Well, luckily, Man. you never do any content of his Wrath Paladins, so that's that's only issue of his Holy Paladins. <laughs> wow. That is... The the Red Paladin nonsense right now is so funny. I, I feel for them. I've been I've been pushing for them to get that, that fix and to, to figure out their 200 talents, which is basically the problem. With, but whatever. They're hopefully something soon. But Feral Kitty Cats get the big attention in 7.3, so probably no one else. But, but anything else from the first half of the show that we may have missed over that you want to to make sure you throw out there before we we move this along to get a little more stat oriented? No, that's good. Nah. Y'all set, Lim? Nothing else you want to yeah. ramble about? You sure? Yeah. yeah. You sure? You sure? That, that... Yes. All right. All right. You guys can check out the... Uh, should check out the BTS podcast that I put together for with these two guys last night. It got quite spicy, and where you can find the BTS podcast, of course, is over on Patreon. For the the tiers, they have different rewards. The you can get the show notes, you can get the BTS podcast or so. But uh, it's only forty six minutes with uh, the three of us last night. Some of these last a little longer. The preach one, where preach and I talked about how Legion is so far, was about two hours long, and all of the the BTS podcasts, which sort of just double how the podcasts are. These are only available on Patreon again. So thank you both for supporting the show and keeping it going. If you want to go follow along in the show notes, those are also listed there if you want to see how the shows are put together. Or if you want to support the show in a more physical means, you can head over to the Design by Humans official apparel shop, which has t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, phone cases, art prints, a whole bunch of things, and a whole bunch of things coming soon. We have four-ish new designs on the way. We will, of course, have sort of the you know the the high five shirts that we do when the uh, the Mythic First Guilds get their their World First Kills. Like we had the the Gul'dan shirt. This is one is a the more design focus. We're going forward. The uh, the previous ones I was sort of integrated the guild that was really in part of it. But these three uh, these are the old designs, but they're still really really nice. If you were interested in. Grab any of those, of course, or you can pick up one of uh, one of these bad boys and take it to BlizzCon with you and find this Sparkle Dragon if you want to blame all of that. Or, of course, the little final bosses by Fabelina. And uh, the support on the DBH shop just allows me to uh, keep working with our local artists in our little corner of the world making these things. 
But of course, if you've missed the show live or otherwise, you can go check out... Oh, it's my face. Get out of here. You can go check out the YouTube channel. This is where I post all the, the side content and discussion videos that are being put together now that may or may not be a little controversial. But all the past shows are also organized there in years. So the 2017 series of the show, the 2016, the 2015. Like It keeps going back and back and back, right? So you can go check out all of these shows all the way back to 2013. If you want to go see Babyface Sko, he's back here. You can go check all those out. Those are all put together. Or you can check out the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Just search for Final Boss TV if you want the audio-only shows of the main show, of course, you listen to right here. Or you can go check out the website, and you can hook into the RSS feed that way and do it like that. But that's enough out of this little break. Let's talk about stats and things. And first off, though, to sort of soften the blow, I want to bring up the Mage Tower, as I have to. Because everyone's opinion on this is quite different. But what do you guys think of the Mage Tower and uh, how Velen has the strongest auto attacks in the game but the weakest heals ever? Anyone want to... What do you think of the I Mage mean, Tower? I feel like Mage Tower was really good and fun. And then they decided to nerf it three or four times. Yeah. So that was, that was interesting. It was like a, it's interesting because Blizzard had the whole sense of like, this is content for the rest of expansion. It's supposed to be very challenging. You might need Argus gear or like uh, Tumasar Gear's gear to beat it, and then it's like, you know what? We're gonna nerf it once, and we're gonna nerf it again, and we're gonna nerf it the third time, and now we're gonna stay it like this. And it's just like, why? And which also doesn't fix the issue that like, if right now even for like most casual players, like Mage Tower is still gonna be really hard, mm -hmm. and then they're gonna get legendary legs, which is gonna allow them to have much better cleave, and then Mage Tower is gonna be really easy. So it's like it's once like, it's kind of like legendary dependent. And right. that, like, well, now, now it's doable even without the legendary legs, but they just, like, simplify first phase just so much that it's, like, why are you making content, like, not gated behind legendary, but, like, one thing that's already good just, like, solves it for you. Like, I, I could see if, like, every single mage tower, they just, just, like, for every single spec, it's, like, if you have Pridus and Cephus equipped, you gain 20% damage bonus because at least something is good happening to you. But here it's, like, no, it's, like, no, you... You still won the legs. Yeah, so, I, I mean, mean that's... the way I look at it, right, is I mean, people always think I'm like super elitist about the Mage Tower or whatever, but basically, it was done with legs and Cephas with an Arcano Crystal. Arcano Crystal is not even like a good trinket for DPS. It's solid. It's not bad, but it doesn't have strength on it, right? Which is our best DPS stat. Um, and it has been nerfed like four times since then. Say like legs and Cephas together, like we'll be super generous, give you a twenty percent damage buff. Okay, like like you're proccing Cephas on cooldown twenty percent. All right, the Mage Tower has been nerfed four times, five to ten percent HP every single time. Like and a bunch of other like changes to it, like you know the frequency of you know, things happening, frequency of orb spawning, frequency of infernal spawning. There's so many nerfs to it. There's no legendaries that can really hold you back from it. The only thing that holds you back is your own gameplay. So, like, it can be done. I, like, I can, if you could give me, like, an 890 Paladin without legs or Cephas, I would, I would be able to do it easily at this point. So. This Twitch chat. Well, well. the gym after. <laughs> is... I'm not, not, not trying to, like, you know. Was there a reason that... Because I don't tank. I don't play... I, I tank a little bit on my ults, but... Is there a reason why the prot version 
was so much more HP intensive and damage like focused than the other tanks? Is it is that really because Prot does the most? Well, I have Just a working theory. Don't. I have a working yeah. theory for that. Okay. Because right before Mage Terror came up, it was a bug slash exploit slash clever use of game mechanics since literally 7.0, where you could have permanent seraphim uptime in every single content if you did something in Arcway. And like pretty much everybody knew it, but like, well, a lot of people knew about it, but like pretty much nobody used it at like any relevant content. And even when people did use it, it was briefly. And then, like, I want to say right around 7.15, pretty close to 7.2, it somehow, like, got relinked and it blew up and literally every single person, like, started running Permanent Seraphim uptime on their Paladins, which, when you consider that it's, like, 2k stats, maybe 2.1k, something like that, like, it's it's insane amount of secondary stats. So once you add them to your class permanently for a cost of a single talent, because you're not spending holy power on it, you're not having 50% uptime, you're just permanent 2k stat, 20k stats. It was it was pretty noticeable for Paladins at that point that Paladins were probably doubling other tanks' DPS, it's very possible. So I, I don't know if Blizzard just looked at logs and say like, well, we have Paladins over here who are doing like insane single target and AoE DPS, and we have all of those other tanks struggling behind, maybe we should make their challenge more harder. Well, make, make they it more challenging. Double. Yeah, HP. It was nuts. Like I, then, I will admit, it was nuts on release. Yeah. So I mean, that that's the only reason why I can think of that Blizzard saw that all of the paladins were just doing sick DPS and didn't know that they were also abusing permanent seraphim bug. Hmm. So that's why they tuned Mage Tower according to that. Because otherwise, I like, guess it was doable. Like somebody, I think, like somebody did it like, during the first tower. But at the same time, it was also like. If you could do Prod Paladin during the first tower, you could do every other class just as easily. Well, much more easily so. Yeah. yeah and then you had, like, bears, like, opening from stealth and stunning him so he didn't have the field. Like, there was a bunch yeah. of, like, nonsense yeah. with it. I remember that. Yeah, the aura would stop, apparently. Yeah. So. That was just nonsense. But I think that it was definitely over-tuned on release, and people had the right to complain back then, especially since it was just, there was just a bunch of bugs and stuff with it, too. But after four rounds of nerfs, it's doable on anything. Just play well and you'll do it. Yep. That's what it looked like. I Because I, I, all I heard was that there were, I mean, they're all so DPS focused, right? And I've talked to the healers about this as well, because the healer challenge is also very DPS focused, which is, there's a back and forth on that, because technically in Legion, all healers can actually contribute to meaningful DPS, some more than others. Druids and Holy Paladins can do way more than the other specs, but they, and they had less of a problem with the Mage Terror challenge, one-shotting, two-shotting it, because they just go through and cat-form all of it and kill it all or whatever, or just shock it to death, but versus the other yeah. healers, of course, but it's, it's weird to see that how much damage focus was on the tank and healer challenges see, when that's not their main I feel like job. With, with that point, though, right? Like, mm -hmm. yes... You know, tanks, not, it's not their main job to do damage. But at the same time, like, if you look at just like a baseline tank's performance, like, if you just press like your mitigation and taw when you're supposed to, you can pretty much like AFK. I think doing your rotation properly, you know, minimizing the damage you take, maximizing the damage you do at the same time as doing the mechanics and multitasking, handling interrupts, you know, positioning, all of that stuff was part of the tank challenge. I think it was a pretty adequate challenge. I know people on like Reddit, 
complained about this has nothing to do with the tank challenge, but it did. Like that challenge was fairly adequate for what a good tank should be. I feel like the bigger source of complaints that I saw and like was probably more appropriate is the whole like Mage Tower's position is like your ultimate class spec challenge. And then a lot of classes and specs just didn't use like a lot of their tools. Like I remember I think it was like mages who were complaining that like, oh, we get into this like class challenge and there's nothing to like spell steal or dispel, which would be kind of like part of the toolkit for I know that like for rats for like for press like I mean like you don't really have like this insane toolkit. I mean I guess you could be like bopping or spellboarding the lens, but but it's like a lot of classes just had some very like class flavor experience tool things and they just never got used during the challenge. Hmm. Which why well, I can see that why some people were upset, but I mean the whole like tank DPS it's like oh like uh, if if you wanna I mean, I don't know. It's it's pretty doable even if it's very low DPS. So it's not like they're they're forcing you to do sick DPS going for rank one pars. Right. Yeah. I mean, thousands of players have done it at this point. It's just I, I know there's players that are good players that have not done it yet, but that's just because they either have not put in the time or they don't care about it. It is what it is, I'm just saying. The DPS check at this point is pretty inconsequential. You can do it. Especially now with Tumis Argeras gear, it'll be a lot easier. The new tier is fantastic for the challenge. Alright. So stats then. Talk about all this damage nonsensical kufuffery. So talk about stats. <laughs> and you, you've brought up haste before. Haste. But yet. how how yeah, how is gearing for, for tanking evolved for the protection paladin? Because you, you say haste, but is it not a slow shift. I brought up the mastery joke earlier, but I thought you actually wanted a little less haste now and more mastery because you no, wanted larger never. shields. No, ever never. since, uh, ever haste. since Blizzard actually decided that we should have holy power back in Mr. Pandaria, your number one status haste. Then it's like until until Blizzard changes class mechanics, your number one status haste. Because the issue is right now, if you have shields righteous up, you're not gonna die. Like you're you're gonna be alive. So. Master, yeah, you'll take less damage and it might help with like some nukes, tank posters, but like you're still gonna survive them. So at the end of the day, what you want is you have want to have more haste for more uptime for more coverage, which is which is how it's been since small. Where you want to haste to be smoother damage intake and not spiky, because say in mop, I think like at some point haste didn't even wasn't even the best for damage mitigation. It was like parry and later crit, but it was spiky, so you didn't want to use it. So you want to you want it always to have haste, so you have the smoothest damage and takes the less chance of just getting dying. And you still want to have as much haste as you can. So it's like, get haste or get good. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah, I the basically okay, so I'll just give you like a quick like rundown on the stats, okay? Yeah. So strength is primarily a DPS stat. It does increase the amount of shielding you get from Bulwark of Order, which is your Avengers shield, but it is very inconsequential. It's a very small, like for mitigation purposes, your primary stat strength is almost useless. Um, stamina is only good for EHP. Obviously, Light of the Protector, Hand of the Protector is percentage health based, so it's okay to use stamina, but I, if you're not really struggling with content, like I just, I don't see a point using a stamina flask unless you need to present like Maiden, maybe. Even then, you don't need stamina because I've done the math. Uh, haste is by far our most valuable stat for both DPS and survival. And it, its cap is at 100%, right? There is no point in not stacking haste because as a protection paladin, your weakest point is always outside of Shield of the Righteous. Haste just makes it so you have Shield of the Righteous up more often, right? 
So that's haste. It's definitely by far the best stat. It is not attainable. Like you can't attain the hundred percent cap. So like I see some like rumors flying around the verse is better at past thirty or thirty five percent. That's false. Haste is always gonna be your best stat for the entire expansion, that's a fact. Um, as far as mastery goes, mastery is a really valuable stat when running the talent holy shield, which I cover in my FAQ, you can read about that there. But it basically increases your block chance, which increases holy shield proc chance. It's solid there. But haste is still you know, really up, far up there. Crit is your second best stat offensively, but probably your worst stat defensively, considering the only benefit you get out of crit is a little bit of extra parry. And when judgment crits, you get extra reduction on shield, right? Just it's very, very small. So if you're looking for progression gameplay where you're trying to play defensively, then you don't stat crit. As far as verse goes, uh, verse is always effective. You know, it gives you extra healing, extra damage, and reduces your damage taken. So usually, you it's your second best defensive stat just because of you know our weaknesses outside of shield righteous. So mm-hmm. mastery doesn't help you really because like you know mastery's not gonna help you with that. Like Liam said, so TLDR for defensive purposes, you should be stacking haste, then verse, then mastery, then crit. For offensive purposes, you should be strength, then haste, then crit, then verse and mastery are tied. And the value of mastery does go up with the more haste you have, because the more haste you have, the more shield of righteous uptime you have. And the more uptime you have, the more effective mastery is because you mitigate more damage. But overall, haste and verse are still the best stats, and haste is literally the best stat for all purpose, and you should always stack haste. Okay. Yeah, there's like a monologue that, of yeah. stats. <laughs> so that, that's fine. I I just thought there were... I didn't know if there was any changing coming through here due to the fact of these, which we're in another topic from now, we'll be going over the sort of shenanigans the tanks are sort of doing and pulling off right now in Tomb of Sargeras. Well, a little less so now because of uh, some of the changes that Blizzard keeps making because they never release fights that say the same because they keep hotfixing and changing, nerfing, buffing, or whatever. But, all right, that yeah. sounds fine. There isn't anything weird. I always have to ask about the crafted necks or like neck enchants or anything like that. Any, anything you want to make sure players are aware of, of any of those little bits and pieces or? I mean, we're uh, not guardians. <laughs> yeah, well. uh, it's pretty simple for Paladin. You basically run heavy hide as a neck enchant. Oh, I mean, so let's start, actually, let's take a step back from the stats. You always gem and enchant haste because I just talked about haste. If you're looking for a little bit of extra DPS, you can use one gem slot as a saber's live strength, the 200 strength gem. But always, obviously, gem and enchant haste. Your back enchant can be strength because the haste one's like a smaller value. Um, as for neck enchants, you want for armor and like you know, if you want progression, you want a little bit extra defensive use. Uh, you can use heavy hide. I'm not really a fan of heavy hide mainly because I don't really enjoy RNG procs, but it is pretty consistent and it is a solid amount of armor. So I would take that. For single target DPS, you want to use uh, Seder, Hidden Seder. That's definitely the best option for single target. And then around four plus targets, you want to use Mark of the Claw for AoE damage. Okay. I was about to say, I wasn't going to put you both on the spot, but I think both of your paladins have satyr on their necks, at least on the armory right now. So that's why I was curious. Yeah, and, I wouldn't say. Okay. And you, you you talk about heavy hide being RNG or whatnot, but then a lot of the prominence of like the Dark Moon Fair trinket, and trinkets are a little bit later, but having both of those together would not be bad. 
So that's why you'd probably you could just say if you're you're new to tanking, I suppose that heavy hide would be fine. See, yeah, well, we'll talk about the darkwing trinket and, and obviously all trinkets in more detail later. But the darkwing trinket always gives you an armor value, right? It, like whereas heavy hide, it could be zero at some point. Yeah, the darkwing trinket could give you like twice as much armor as it normally does, or something like that. But just having that consistent armor makes darkwing very very good in comparison to something random like feverish carapace or mark of the heavy hide. Right. Lynn, did he mess anything up that you have to correct him on, or is that all no, no. good? No, he's good. <laughs> Mod slot still secured. <laughs> <laughs> for now. For, oh, yeah, for now. So let's say goodbye to tier 19, sort of. I don't know if there's any two-piece, four-piece, four-piece, two-piece nonsense coming in here, but your battle play of the High Lord was your two-piece consecration increases the effect of Shield of the Righteous and Light of the Protector by an additional 10%. And then your four pieces, the Shield of the Righteous has a 25% chance to reset Light of the Protector. And I sort of put down here is your tier 9 team seemed very supporty oriented. Granted, more Light of the Protector for yourself is good to counteract damage right after you get hit in the face. Light of the Protector yourself, that's fine. But I think a lot of, at least from my experience, not sniping healers, but Light of the Protectoring other people in your raid group was very prevalent with the tier 19 set, which. Is that sort of well, going away if or running? If you're running helm. helmet, yeah. yeah. The legendary right. helm, the, the legendary helm coupled with T19 four piece was actually insane. Like it turned you into a raid healer. Mm. Like when you 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 were just like you could like it like. I wish I had the helm. I actually still don't have the helm. I'm still really mad about that. But I have played. Uh, never mind. I know paladins that have the helm, and when you do. You were completely self-reliant. You were so self-reliant that you can use your own healing on your raid instead of yourself. Like that's how insane it is. Like I, I'm actually gonna miss that combo because it's just such a cool like, interaction that you could turn yourself into a raid healer. And I think that T19 might still have a place just because of how good that is, even though they nerfed it a little bit. Maybe running Mythic Plus could, could be nice if you're doing a uh, 4 DPS on a tank comp. Yeah, and as for the two-piece of T19, it's actually really, really strong. You know, having a 10% increase to both your healing and your Shield Righteous is really solid. I used the T19 two-piece on our Maiden kill because I wanted a little extra mitigation from my Shield Righteous on the hammers. Now, the the way it reads, too, I assume that your tier 19 was a additional which means an additive bonus, right? So it just added 10%. It wasn't any multiplicative nonsense behind the scenes, right? See, how that works is the Consecration effect is a baseline 20%. So yeah. Shield Righteous is amplified by 20% multiplicatively from Consecration. The 10% from the tier is added to the Consecration bonus. So from the 1.2, it becomes a 1.3. Okay. If that makes sense, yeah. All right. I was so making sure we had the... Because I I always have to clarify two piece bonuses now, just due to the fact that it's very easy to slide two piece bonuses in while still yeah. having your tier twenty. So, which it's not quite as strong as a ten percent multiplicative increase because it just amplifies consecration from one point two to one point three, but it's still very very good. Okay. Well, how about your tier twenty, which you guys are gearing up in now? If you're lucky enough to actually get tokens to drop, unlike myself, I only have two piece. <laughs> hmm. But your Radiant Lightbringer armor, your two pieces of Judgment, has a 30% chance to reset the cooldown of Avengers Shield, which I've heard this is super fun. And the four so pieces fun. 
Enemies hit by Avenger's Shield will deal 5% reduced damage to you for 10 seconds. So where does the hierarchy of, of tier 20 come in here? Is it get all four pieces ASAP? Because that that, um, ten, that 10 second debuff would help with the whole auto attack window because... Yeah, no, it's situational, but the T24 piece is actually very, very good. 5% DR is nothing to scoff at. It's, it's solid. Like I said, uh, most... Like, for most tanks, if you look at their, like, best assault legendaries, they offer around a 4% mitigation. Uh, and just having 5% mitigation from a tier bonus is very, very solid. Uh, I definitely think that it's worth going for. It's really, really good. You're going to have an insane amount of uptime on it just because of how the new two-piece works. Grand Crusader procs, you're pretty much going to have 100% uptime on it. So definitely rush the new 220. Uh there might be situations where you don't need the five percent, and you can you might look into running like T twenty two P's, T nineteen two P's. It's just kind of situational based on the fight you're doing. Uh, for Maiden, for example, it was one of the bosses I did on Paladin on Mythic. I ran T twenty four P's and T nineteen two P's. So yeah. Okay, well that's what that's what came up in chat. That is, yeah. Lim, is there is there any combinations? Is the is the two piece tier nineteen four piece? Tier 20, are you guys looking at stacking them in any different ways, or is that... I mean, I don't think that there's, like, any crazy combinations for them currently. I mean, yeah. they're they're interesting, but, like, the two-piece, while it's kind of similar in idea to HFC 1, it's a lot weaker in terms of DPS increase and survivability increase from that. So you don't get the, like... Say HFC 2-piece, two, uh, I think it was, was pretty fun when you just get to spam Avenging Shield 24-7. This is not as much fun. So, but it, it's still it's still decent here, but it's a lot scaled back in terms of uh, strength. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say too is is wearing six pieces of tier gear in any combination even recommended because of legendaries too. Yeah. Like, does that get the, in the way? It definitely does. The helm is probably like the best defensive legendary we have, and that is a tier slot. So you're pretty much never going to have an opportunity to run six pieces. Another really good tier slot is legs for damage. You know, so it's just it's not very often that you're going to get a chance to do that. I only did it because on a fight like Maiden, I don't really care about the helm. I don't need consistent healing. I just need one heal after one smash. You know, so and I just went for full on mitigation because I was like. 912 item level and I did Mythic Maiden on my Paladins, so yeah, I just went full on turtle mode. Yeah, chat brings up the the shoulders as well too. And I think the the new ring has some potential as well, which will lead me right into what is the prot paladin community sort of figuring out in 725 right now in Tomb of Sargeras for combinations. And let's go through like legendary stuff first, and then we'll go through talents. So do you want to just keep going on that legendary train and walk me through sort of like a hierarchy of, of what you feel is the, the, or what you guys have figured out is the best yeah. combinations of legendaries or see um, like for tank legendaries, a lot of them can see situational use. So I, instead of using like a hierarchy, even though there are clear, really good ones and clear, really bad ones, I prefer to like kind of elaborate on the choices and have people choose the choices that are fit for the situation. Right. right? Um, but as far as like a tier, like like in a hierarchy goes, I would say that, and plus like I, again, not to elaborate, you know, clarify, the legendaries sometimes like we could rank them higher based on DPS. They could be ranked really high in Mythic Plus, for example, compared to raids. 
So it's really not easy to just make a ranking. It's just easier to talk about each legendary and tell you when it's good, you know? But if I had to make a ranking, I would say that for survival, uh, Helm and the New Ring and Heathcliffs, even though Heathcliffs is kind of mediocre, would be on top. Cephas would be really good if you can proc it for survival. And then every other legendary is kind of below that. Uh, Trinket's situationally good, but it's not that good because it's a percentage of your HP as a Paladin. And we know Paladins have like the lowest HP of all tanks. That's probably the worst for us and not of all tanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I was looking at here because the, the soul of the High Lord gives you Holy Shield, which means you'll have Holy Shield and Blessed Hammer. And then if you right. ran the Helm as well, like for a super defensive set, and then I think of when you look at uh, for DPS, like the shoulders and the pants would be ridiculous for for yeah, DPS. Shoulders, so. shoulders and pants are like. By far the highest tier for DPS. Uh, Cephas is like right there with it if you can proc it. Uh, Belt is like a tier below, and then Belt and Trinket are probably like this, you know, around the same. Right. Trinket probably a little higher than Belt actually. But yeah, I mean, like we have the Sims done on the Discord if you want to see the details. But basically, if I was to rank them in order of DPS, it would be the S tier would be like pants and shoulders. Then like the A tier would be Cephas. The B tier would be trinket and the CT like belt and everything else doesn't provide any DPS increase. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the new the new rings for I would say more than a handful of specs looks very, very good on certain situations. I think a lot more tanks look at it and it becomes a lot more prevalent to them. There are some DPS that really like it as well. But a lot of a lot of DPS I think overall are like it's good, but it's not your best. So oh. I think the Soul of the High Lord is actually like really underrated. Like the Icy Veins guide is completely wrong about the High Lord thing. It says that, uh, let me quote this: "If you need Holy Shield for an encounter, you should not use this legendary item for it. That is wrong." Right. So yeah, yeah. yeah. The High Lord ring actually has a lot of situational uses because Holy Shield gives you extra block chance, uh, and that he, that's just really big and allows you to block a lot of magic damage. And there's, a, there's some fights where that comes in handy, and there's some magic damage alongside physical damage. Like, like one that comes off to the top of my mind real quick is like Mistress, for example. Oh, there's yeah. a shadow damage dot, and there's shadow damage from eels, and there's Mistress auto attacks. So it's really helpful to have both Blessed Hammered and Holy Shield. So it's actually like a situationally really strong legendary. Lim, anything to add on legendaries? That's pretty accurate. I mean, that's that's about it. Do have to give shout outs to Boots for being really really good for oh. mobility, which is uh, pretty convenient. See, when I rerolled off of Prop Paladin for the first time was during I, I came back to it for certain fights, obviously. But when I decided I didn't want to play it anymore, Nighthold was for Star Augur, and I actually wished I had the boots for Star Augur because one of the biggest problems I had was hitting the boss for mitigation with Shield of Righteous and keeping him on mitigation and clearing the entire room. So if I had Sanic Boots, I would ran them for that fight. They're actually gotta good. Gotta go fast. They gotta go fast, dude. I would ran them for Maiden too, maybe. Just well, so once, you get to the other side. Once they were changed and they added that extra extra secondary stat and it's 75% of your highest secondary, not just haste as it used to be, which well, I mean... for prot doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But they became a lot better for a lot of plate wearers. Yeah, I know. I know DKs 
looked at them and go, oh, is that not bad, you know? I know Fury Warriors have, as, a, as mostly a, of a meme thing, where they can run shoulders and boots and just get across an entire platform in one, you know, one moment just because of uh, Battlecry giving 100% crit, which basically just super, super fast. But where that works in a real raid isn't going to be a thing, but it looks funny. Yeah. So The only, like, two actual garbage, like, I should just, you know, because we're talking about legendaries, and I gave you a good tier list of the good ones, but I feel yeah. like I should elaborate on the bad ones, too. Oh. The only... The ones where I would just feel bad if you got them was like chest. It has good stats. It's got great stats, but very rarely in a fight will you ever need another Guardian of Ancient Kings. Like it's super situational. I have yet to see a fight where you really wanted to do it. Maybe on Spellblade in the very, very beginning, but when you wanted to use it for a lash, maybe. But it's just I just don't see the point. Um, then there's the wrists, which are honestly awful just absolutely awful again i've never seen i'm sure there will be a fight though where having an increased duration on blessing and spell warding for example would be massive but for now just awful <laughs> the only only example i remember was people liked it on uh people liked it on emerald nightmare and elkanas because i think you could take like two beams with a single spell warding yeah and there was like there was like one other example, but it was like such a situational gimmicky thing that it's yeah. Even then, like you don't even like you could go to like five sacks of the beam, no problem on a paladin. So it's just there's no point even without even using spell wording. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think um, those two legendaries are probably the worst ones we have, but everything else is like really good. Like if you want to be like a real whiz in Mythic Plus, right? Like this is what you would do. <laughs> all right, let me, let me hit you with it. All right, so mm, okay. you're always gonna you're always gonna keep legs on, okay? You gotta swap. You gotta have item sets. You gotta swap every time you're about to use wings. You put on belt. Every time you're about to use eye of tear, you put on shoulders. And every other time you're not about to use wings or eye of tear, which is your artifact ability, you put on cephas. And you just swap between the sets based on what skills up. And you're gonna be a god at Mythic Plus. Yeah, that could be a thing. I have two sets of gear that I swap between. I have a very AOE focus set and a very single target focus set for, for me. And I swap back and forth. And it always feels bad, man, when I get into combo with the boss and I forgot to switch my gear. But yeah, <laughs> it, it is a noticeable thing. And in the same regard of, of talents, which you can't swap, right? But you can swap your gear talents, which are basically just legendaries. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But Lim, you want to walk me through like the... Well, here's the here's the question, Lim. Do you want to talk about like the real talent build that you would suggest, or do you want Fail to talk about that and you can talk about Crab? Um, hmm. who do I hate more, myself or him? <laughs> uh, I'll let him talk about Crab. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So what what's like a a standard good build right now? What 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 are prop talents running? Uh, I mean it's. Pretty simple, so second, I'm trying to I'm trying to wait till the stream opens it. God, well, we're we're good. I'm on I'm on the page. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna get like cross-eyed because I'm trying to watch the stream. I'm trying to watch you in uh, Skype. Well, it's a little bit of delay, so you might as well just just walk yeah. me through it, and then we're good to go. Let me give you the real answer. Lim hasn't played prop out, so he doesn't know the answer. <laughs> well, well, I mean, so so in reality, so tier 15, you're pretty much always using blast hammer. On some fights, you do want to use the Holy Shield. But now that we have a Legendary for Holy Shield, it's a lot uh, more manageable. We do have in uh, Discord pin somewhere 
as said, which talks about uh, which fights have more magic damage versus auto attack damage. Mm-hmm. So based on that, you can switch them. Tier 3, you can... Reality, like... I, I would say that you're generally probably using First Avenger for damage and for more Avenger shield. Happy, happy, fun time. Bastion of Light was decently strong at the start of expansion, but it's fallen off as we've gotten... Um, as we've been getting more haste, so like the effect of it is a lot less Here. useful, so to say. Like you can still use it, but it's like now three charges and two minute cooldowns gives you like a smaller relative increase in uptime. In tier forty five, up until this patch, we pretty much everybody always ran blinding light because it did damage and it was an extra button for some extra damage. Mm-hmm. Now you're really it's now that they removes the damage, it's pure utility. So in some fights, like I know that on cooldown. If for whatever reason you're doing mythical then right now, you might, for example, run Repentance so you can CC the ads. Otherwise, I'd normally just run Fist of Justice because it's just more access to my stun. Tier 60 is again like situational. So they finally fixed the bug with Retribution Aura, so it no longer resets your auto attack swing timer each time it procs. So now it's not a DPS loss, but at the same time, it's such a negligible damage gain that you're still pretty much never using it ever. Blessing of Spell Warding, you want to use it where you can gain some benefit and where you're not using pop normally. And otherwise, you just run Cavalier because it's extra mobility. And we know how much plate classes love their mobility. Mm. Uh, tier 75 is generally a flip between Hand of Protector and Knight Templar, but in reality, you're pretty much always uh, running Hand of Protector. Like, I know that like for on some fights, like I think like on Odin or something where you really have to want to survive some uh, big nuke, you might run Knight Templar and just use it as a 20% damage reduction. Final stand, I haven't really seen much use for it in pretty much anything. I remember it was it was useful in Ursoc because you could use it to reset your and your co-tank stacks, especially like during the last part. But otherwise, it's kind of like very situational. Tier 90, you usually run Judgment of Light because it's just the most healing. Sometimes you run Consecrated Ground if you need to kite something, and you only use like Aegis on very few fights. Like I remember, I think we used it on Elkanas for the popping of all of the blots, and maybe like some other fights, but it's it's generally kind of Not underwhelming. Crosses, Augur. I don't think we used it. Well, Crosses. I mean, those are fights where it could be good. Yeah. Like, two yeah, minutes but it, five it, minutes on Crosses. It, it's very situational, so... It's so so. As for tier 100, normally you use Seraphim for DPS, you use Righteous Protector for survival because it does reduce the cooldown of your healing and wings, so it does help nicely with survival. And Last Defender, you, and you, see, you use it on Scorp Pyron, you also use it if you're like. I like to use it when I'm like speedrunning like Mythic Zeros because you can just pull like 10 packs and gain like 70% DPS gain. Mm hmm. When you have like insane number of mobs, but otherwise it's pretty underwhelming right now. I imagine it could be useful on on Mr. Sassy Pants too, because there's always going to be her plus, yeah, her plus three. Like you still think Rush Protector would be better on that one too? Yeah, like the only fight where I would maybe consider doing is if you're trying to cheese Tychondrius, is like when you're like six bloods out consistently and him. Seven targets, that's oh. when it'll be somewhat okay. But that's like, or like obviously score probably get like 50 targets and the boss. So. Um, some things like really quick that Lim didn't mention. Uh, yeah, so Crusader, like we had this discussion on the prop Discord as a pin about it too. 
Like Bastion of Light is overall more mitigation over the course of the entire fight. But Crusader's Judgment gives you more relevant mitigation when you need it, just like when you're about to take the boss and you just have two judgment charges ready to go. You know, you shield righteous, you take the boss, judgment twice, you know, you have a shield righteous again. So it just gives you more uptime, more effective uptime. So especially with the new tier, Crusader Judgment's really good. Um like obviously the tier forty five row is entirely CC based, so it's entirely situational. For you mythic plus fans, like if you don't have like a sap effect, you might want to run like repentance and like certain dungeons like Arcway to skip some mobs. Uh, obviously, blinding light is for multiple interrupts at the same time. Like if you're doing like dark heart thicket, you know you'll see like a, those uh, casters all cast like star shower and despair at the same time. Blinding light is good for that, but most of the time, fist of justice is the default because it's like an on-demand summon. You pretty much will have it every time you need it. It's really, really like short cooldown with how much you cast judgment. So yeah, Fist of Justice. Uh, spell warding pretty much as, as a use on every single fight. Like you can you can think of something like pretty much every single fight. So good. Uh, or if not for you, for somebody else, right? You could like solo mechanic because I like, think like the reason rogues are being brought right now is because like cloak and all that. Spell warding gives cloak to somebody, anybody you want. So it's actually really, really good. There is. Um, I wanted to make sure I caveat that. But then you that. just run five rogues, so it doesn't really matter. Right, <laughs> right, right. Is that blessing of spell warding is tricky if you use it as a tank, though, because sometimes bosses like to then think you are immune, even though you aren't, and they won't cast things on you. Like this, yeah. we found this out with with botanist, for example. If you spell ward, you'd think you'd just be immune to his flare ability. No, he'll just target melee. Yeah, so it's there... how bop works. Like you know how right. bop like blocks physical hits. Right. Yeah, for spell warding blocks magically. Yeah. So like bobs magically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes mm -hmm. you be careful with these. Like if you it is it's like bubbling, say for example, like a a mob that's pure caster like Sarogger or Solarist on botanist, like mobs like that, Ivanir and Arcway. Uh those mobs they will swap targets because they're not gonna do nothing to you. So like they, it's coded, so you know. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and chat I don't know if you have anything else about it, but the chat was asking about Desolate host mythic when you're the one tanking all the ads in the back, like for last defender. Just one of those questions again. Uh, you're tanking. You're yeah, at one point you have six Templar on you. So the the commonly accepted strat for desolate host is actually to take all the Templars to the back. At which point you'll have four max if you're the one in the back, and you have like three ads in the front. So I really wouldn't run last defender there either. Like last okay. defender looks appealing, especially to new players. Actually, something I should bring up, because a lot of new players always ask me this. There's two things I want to bring up. So the first one is Last Defender. So it's mediocre. Righteous Protector will give you more survival than it, especially if you play properly, even with multiple mobs present. The only time it doesn't is when there's like a ton of mobs consistently present, which Last Defender will give you both DPS and survival, which is a Tyke example I brought up. So Righteous, like Last Defender is pretty much like the redheaded stepchild. You pretty much never run this talent. Almost never. Um, it's good for new players because it's entirely passive, unlike Righteous Protection and Seraphim, which actually require a lot of skill to make good use out of. And then the other thing I wanted to mention was Hand of the Protector. I see a lot of people run Final Stand and Knight Templar for some reason, but what they don't realize is the Hand of Protector not only allows you to use it on other people, but reduces the cooldown for yourself, which is really big when using Righteous Protector in combination, just constantly reducing the cooldown to constantly heal yourself. So those two talents are like hand protection primers like a lock in. Like you almost never swap with this talent, even though I see a lot of logs think otherwise. Hmm. Alright. So there, there definitely looks like there's variance, which is good. I always hate when I talk to a spec and they're like, uh, oh, you spec this, and that's all you spec. Yeah. I mean so enhancement shaman, for example, is super cookie cutter, right? So you would know that. 
Uh, it, it has been for a while. We have two different builds ish right now. So hey, come oh, on okay. now, come oh, on I, now. My info is pre-patch. <laughs> well, oh no. I mean, I ran the same build for like seven months until I got new oh, legendary. Okay. So yeah, we oh, moved like to hot hand once, which is oh changes. So and now we can actually use ascendance. But in formula yeah. enhancement, you'd come up with spicy names like uh, meatball and spaghetti spec. Oh, yeah, we don't unlucky. have what, yeah, Elemental has all those on lockdown right now, for sure. So, you both wrapped up all of the, the good and the pros, and there is something I actually want to go over, is this crab spec, and Chad is waiting for it. So, Falv, you, you've got the, the privilege right. to you talk to about like Put this in neon signs, crab is a bad spec for bad players. It is literally like the most monkey thing you can do, but I'm going to go over it. Because someone that popped out of Discord made it. I don't, I don't even, I think it was Wolliance who like started this whole thing. But it is actually awful. But if you want to, I'll give you the talent. It's uh, the first row, it's Consecrated Hammer, Crusader's Judgment, third row doesn't matter, the other row is the same, and the Righteous Protector, obviously. And all you do is you literally press two buttons. You only press Judgment and. Blessed Hammer, or not even not even Blessed Hammer. Uh, what is what is it even called? Hammer of the Righteous. I, I never take off Blessed Hammer. I don't even know the name. Right. So basically, yeah. the reason you only spam these two buttons is you're just sitting there spamming Judgment, and you're spamming Hammer of the Righteous to reset Judgment with Crusader's Judgment. You just sit there and only spam. You just you just hit Judgment on cooldown, and you just keep hitting Hammer until it comes off the cooldown, hit it again. And the only reason for this, like you never touch Avenger Shield, you never touch Consecration because you're running Consecrated Hammer, like it's. It's the most monkey thing. I can't even. You gotta, you gotta hit Shield of the Righteous though. You gotta get that Shield. Yeah, yeah. But the entire point is to maximize Shield of the Righteous uptime because you're using globals on nothing but skills that improve Shield of the Righteous uptime. And you could actually get to like ninety percent Shield of the Righteous uptime with this build, but it is so bad because it's just it throws away everything else out the window. Like any benefit you're doing to your team, like any damage you're doing, like it's just. Oh god, I hate this build so much, but I have to talk about it because it's the thing. Don't play it. Please don't play it. Lim, what do you think? It's the best spec ever, right? You play this all the time? I mean, actually during beta, during beta, that was a hard spec to play. Mostly because, well, actually not. During beta, you could... I, I, I don't remember... Oh no, during beta, our Avengers, our Shield of Rushes and Charges reset Promato attacks. So in beta, what you did is you had, like, I had, like, this one button that had all of the buttons macroed in. And you would just smash that button, like, Blizzard smashes bands on a limit. And you just go through every single dungeon. <laughs> it was pretty good. I, I guess that I have to bring up, because chat's live on this, and I'm sure the Discord, when they get this on YouTube, are going to love it, too. But what, why... Because on the outside, like, if you don't know all the inside bits and pieces of this spec, like, Consecrated Hammer, granted the fact that spamming Hammer of the Righteous, as I tested this in beta, I thought was terrible. Like, having the cooldown when you have Holy Shield felt fine, because you'd rotate things around, right? There was the whole, like, 9-6, rotation, whatever it used to be. Or Blessed oh, Hammer boy. is just, it, that works just fine. But what, what's, like, what are the huge problems? Why is this bad? Okay, so l let's start with the uh, very obvious. So, Consecrated Hammer is literally taken because you don't want to cast one Consecration, and two, you don't want to cap on charges. So if you ran Blessed Hammer or whatever, like, you just... Sorry, 
My bad. It's about the consecration effect. You don't want to cast consecration. Consecration is really big, not only because it's like a huge portion of your DPS, but it like gives you extra healing and all that. And this just kind of gives you them without <laughs> casting consecration. Um, the reason this build is literally trash is because you are just missing out on pretty much everything Paladin has to offer. Like Avenger Shield is like the most fun skill. Like you just mash Avenger Shield. Like you might as well not even run legs because you're never gonna cast Avenger Shield, right? You are just a two-button spec that is entirely focused on maximizing shield of righteous uptime. And you're probably gonna be doing like hundred K DPS. Like so Issue number one is your co-tank, no matter how bad they are, are going to pull a threat off you because you're, like, doing negative damage. You might as well be well, healing. No, 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 no. Let's be honest here. Like, I'm pretty sure you can hold aggro against, like, half of some of the other discords. <laughs> okay, yeah, maybe. But I'm just saying, like, maximizing a shield righteous uptime is not worth all the trade-offs you're going to give. I, I know Paladin is weakest outside shield righteous, but it's just not worth it. Like, it's just so bad. <laughs> I can't even emphasize how bad it is. Like, I'm getting emotional just thinking how bad it is. I mean, I'm looking. So uh, there's also a thing you got to take into account here, too. If this spec is not hitting Avenger Shield, you're not getting Bulwarks. If this spec is not hitting Avenger Shield, you're not getting the bonuses of a lot of your artifact and as well as Tears Enforcer, right? I can see how it would be. Uh, yeah, I would yeah. see how there could be some some shenanigans here because of, of Blessed Stalwart, but we also went over on the show that Blessed Stalwart is not that strong, so it's not a super huge component to try to put into this, this math. So I can see how it could be very easy, but... It's a... Uh... It's a very, I'm not trying to be an absolute, like, I'm not trying to be elitist or rude, but uh -huh. it's a very, yes. very easy spec to play. And if you are an absolute monkey, then you can play this and probably do better than playing the spec properly. But if wow. you have a shred of dignity, please don't play this spec. They're going to make Fav cry and it's going to look really bad. Oh, well, we can't, we can't see it. Tears. We can't, we can't see him, so we don't Do know. You really want to see somebody oh, who plays the male blood elf cry? <laughs> <laughs> Please, no flame. Oh, that's that is true. He is playing a male blood elf, so that's that's a that's a fair point. But all right, we could we can move on from from that ridiculousness. So that that sort of covers the trap and or dead talent combinations of that thing. So I want to sort of end cap this section of like the builds and things with trinkets. So. What do you have in the way of trinkets to to either go for or to avoid as as a protection paladin? I don't know who wants so, to take trinkets. So, boys, I heard you like crafted trinkets staying in your equipped slot for the entire expansion. Yeah. Do I have a good news for you? <laughs> <laughs> See, I'll, I'll do I'll do mitigation trinkets. Let me can do DPS trinkets. How about that? Okay. Sure. Okay. So I'll start. So mitigation wise. If you are a tank playing in Legion and you don't have a Dark Moon deck immortality at eye level 900 right now, I want you to uninstall the game because that trinket is the best trinket for physical mitigation and it's been the best trinket all expansion and it's going to be the best trinket all expansion, right? So it is the best investment you're going to make. Like the armor, while it is not a consistent amount, it is a consistent armor bonus. You're always getting armor from it. It is super good. It is honestly like incredibly good, especially in this tier where almost all the damage that is relevant is physical. It's just in, just get yourself a Darkwing deck, right? As far as other trinkets go, there's a lot of trap trinkets, and I'm gonna straight up say right now, if I don't list your trinket, it's probably bad. 
But quick disclaimer, if you look into like our prop out on Discord, there's a in the pins, there's a Google Doc of all defensive trinkets. There's a lot of trap ones, but as far as defensive trinkets go this tier, there's not a lot of good ones, to be honest. There's just they're pretty much mostly mediocre. Uh, some of the good ones you could look out for and try to, you know, gun for. Reliquary the Dam is pretty good. Um it's situationally strong. It's like a strong 50% damage reduction effect. It's got a cap, obviously. It's uh, probably one of, if not the best tank trinket in Tumas Argaris. Mm-hmm. Uh, Infernal Contract, notice how it has pretty much almost the identical effect to Reliquary, is probably the best tank trinket, again, situationally used, from Nighthold. Any trinket like Exoskeleton, Exoskeleton is mediocre. Like, it it can be good if you need a little bit of damage reduction or a little absorb. It's not worth it. It's pretty trash. Royal Dagger Half is absolute dog shit. Um, it's pretty bad, yeah. Yeah. There's Tapanga Tychondrius, you can just D on the spot. Like, hey, hey, oh. <laughs> hey. That is a great trinket for... For a PvP set. No, for Grievous. <laughs> but okay. Oh, I mean, just heal yourself. <laughs> not every tank can heal themselves, okay? There are prot warriors out there. I, prot I warriors have bracers. Yeah. So be fun. <laughs> I just think that like if you're not wearing reliquary infernal contract, like it's just not that good. Uh, actually, the healing trinket off Mistress um, Leviathan's Hunger is not that bad. It's okay. It's actually a decent sized heal, but it's eh, it's again situational. I really wouldn't run it. And every other trinket. I can look at it as just awful. Like, recompiled Guardian module off of Maiden, D that thing instantly. That's like a full <laughs> HPS increase. Like, oh that is God. worth more as a Cow still to you than as anything else. Well, so uh, I, have to, I have to bring up then the KJ Trinket because the shifting Cosmic Sivir is interesting. And because of the breastplate of the Golden Valkyr, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it. They're, they're combined here on the Icy Veins guide because I want to know if all of this cooldown reduction is good or is useful on any situation like have you found anything that might this work on because having i don't know how much more guardian this will give you but is that worth it so let me put it this way right the thing with prop paladin right is guardian reduces damage by 50 percent if i drop consecration on my feet shit arises for me mitigates 49 percent there will almost never be a case Again, it could be situational, where you need an extended guardian or you need another guardian throughout the fight. That's why both that trinket and the chest legendary are absolutely awful. And the cage trinket like procs very rarely. I think it's like three procs a minute or something. It's not it's like very good. Four, it says on the tooltip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so, just I messed with it. Awful. I wanted to make sure because other tanks are valuing this much higher due to how their mitigation works. Mostly due to cheese, like blood decays, having a 90 second cooldown on IBF is kind of ridiculous if the RNG is in your favor. But that's just okay. I wanted to make sure that's a thing that's not much on your menu as a prop paladin. Okay. No, it's, it's just like you will never see it in a situation where you need multiple guardians. Like, there are so many, like, the whole cheese factor, like, prop paladin is the cheese class. Like, there's, there's like so many, like, just you're, like, I was doing the math, right? I put on T19, 2Ps, T24Ps. I used Seraphim and Press Shield the Righteous. I had 92% physical and 81% magical damage reduction from one skill. That's not even including, like, the 10 other tools that we have to cheese something. Mm-hmm. Like Shield of Righteous is an absurdly strong ability that you don't need extra cooldowns for. You just need 
up more often. That's the only issue Prop Paladin has. Okay. Do you want to talk about DPS trinkets, Lim? Yeah, so for DPS trinkets, for some reason, I'm actually not sure why, Blizzard didn't break completely all of the damage trinkets for tanks, so they're actually useful this tier, which is a nice uh, difference from Nighthold, where like every single DPS trinket was nerfed into Oblivion. <laughs> so you would like... Right. You would look at them and you would see their proc rate and you would just grab it. So I know that some of the ones that are pretty good are vile because it's unused. It has pretty strong effect. The uh, Moonglaives are decent. I haven't seen uh, people run too much engine, so I'm not, not too sure about that. Hard to use engine as a tank. Movement. Yeah, like it, you don't really you don't really want to be like chasing after the balls with the boss following you and your melee DPS crying bloody murder. Yeah. <laughs> So from the previous trinkets, I think like Might of Croesus is still okay-ish if you have it at a high atom level, but I would not go for it. And then there's still you want to get Memento, so Memento is still pretty good, especially as a tank. You're, you're generally, if you die, you call it a wipe, but you can survive multiple DPS dying, so free procs for you. So that's good too. Yeah, yeah. The, the Owl Caster trinket, it's great DPS. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's... <laughs> it has a ridiculous coefficient on that owl, okay? It See, is yes. The issue with the owl trinket is uh just like we had we had the like branch or thorn trinket from Dark Heart Ticket that was also pretty good for us. Mm. But you can't loot it as Prat or Rat, same as uh Swarming Plague Hive before it get nerfed. Right. So you basically have to rely on nobody else in raid needing it and you getting it. While like the trinkets that I listed, you can actually coin them by just switching to red loots back. Yeah. Okay. So there's isn't intellect main too? The stat? Hmm? The stat's intellect, isn't it? On the owl? On the owl it is, yeah. Yeah, that's not very good. Like see, like the the trend with all the DPS trinkets that you mentioned, like they all was always of strength. Like strength is just so good. I thought the only well, exceptions but... are like the owl, though, because you do have a damage amp, that's why I thought it was. If that's going to be some some nonsense, because the any of those trinkets that have damage coefficients that can be buffed by yourself become very different for certain specs. And I was wondering because you have avenging wrath. Oh, apparently can... it's mastery. Yeah, I lied. Oh, it's <laughs> mastery. Oh, yeah. okay. Back to Templar, he goes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, mean, I, I wouldn't okay. know, actually. Like, I don't know how it would be for us because, like, all the range DPS want it. And there's no yeah. chance I'm going to get it for a long time to try it out. So. Yeah. Yep. Who invited these Muppets? Demoted. Yep. Demoted. Yep. Damn. I mean, I, I've only seen it, you know, in loot passing because I'm not going to use it as enhancement. So. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, because you, you brought up Vile. And because you can Avenging Wrath into these things, same thing with, with, with the Glaives. The Moon Glaives are stupid good. My Red yeah. Paladin, who tanks like Mythic Pluses now and then, got one from just Heroic. And we have ook some huge dumb pulls before. And that trinket is, it's like the new Blademaster trinket from last expansion. That's what it is. That's yeah, totally what it is. insanely good AoE. Oh, yeah. Like, and, like, absolutely insane. Excellent. Uh, even single target, they're decent for tanks. Mm -hmm. like, but in AoE, they're absurd. And it's flat uh, verse on the stat too, so it's not even bad defensively. So yeah, the Kildred trick is not bad either. The Spectre, if you consistently keep up to dead reflections, it's pretty good. Now here, don't. <laughs> I want to make, make this. Make sure to position the boss. Well, I want to yeah. make this perfectly clear that if if a tank is using Spectre and you make sure you're getting your double use out of it, 
are you trying to make sure that every other one in your raid is also getting double use? Because that would be... No. Okay. See, what you do is, in order to maximize your own DPS, you have to minimize everybody else's DPS on ads. So what you do is you wait... <laughs> You wait till everybody pops a spectre. You wait to see that like your warrior spam uh, ravager down, and then you move, move the boss just like ten yards, <laughs> and then you use your spectre. And you then wait till you your make... unholy DKs yeah. drop the file, and you just out. <laughs> yeah, you wait for the defile spam. You wait for the spectre spam. You make a weak or that tracks when your DPS use them, and then you just like slightly move the boss over. It's literally the blueprint strategy, dude. How else can you get rank one? You just gotta scum, and you gotta like take your DPS from all your DPS. Wait, actually, <laughs> feet. I knew Tank did this on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. We can we can move on from that to the nitty gritty part of the show. So, if chat, if you have questions for our guests, you can fiddle them into chat right now, and we'll sort of go back and forth. Of course, with with the questions we have here. And I want to talk about the tank cooldown Concord, not not concordance, just the the Concord of putting tank cooldowns all together. And sort of, is this uh, my first question I had in this? Is this like the new Legion skill cap, right, where you just like smush a trinket and a cooldown and an external and a rotational all in the same place? Like, is that you know active mid plus dr plus trinket plus external? Is that just the way Legion is going to be and continue to go forward? And there are egregious problems with that, like solo no, tanking on Maiden. But but yeah, what is this? To be honest, like concordance is just like whatever to me. Like I just consider it entirely passive. I don't even track the buff. It's whatever. Like yeah, it'll give you a little bit of damage reduction. But I'm no, just not, play. not not the concord itself. Not the concordance. Oh. I don't care about that. It means oh. putting things together. Gosh. Oh, no, nah, nah, bringing nah, things I, together. I think that's only for like fights like Maiden where there's like huge big hits. Like I think you really want to smooth out your damage. Like there's no point for the most part like using like your artifact and your uh, art defender while Shield Righteous is active. You kind of want to like space them all out. Like I see a lot of people too like holding Guardian for a long time. Like as soon as like Shield Righteous is like down, I have my other stuff on cooldown. Just pop Guardian, you know, whatever. Let's go. Like unless I'm, I unless I know. I'm gonna use it for a specific point in the fight. You might as well use it. You know, space out all your CDs, like smooth your damage intake. Okay. Yeah, I've I don't know how that works as a tank. The only tanking I really ever done before is on vengeance and just kind of like you're in meta all the time anyway. So like ook, meta. Ook, spirit bomb. Ook, yeah. ook. Hey, hey, hey now. Vengeance Demon Hunter coming through. Ook, ook. <laughs> spirit bomb is mitigation too, all right? Of course. Jeez. Uh but there's uh so the haste cap question came up in chat. We opened the show with a little bit of that. The haste cap is a hundred percent, but is there a a threshold or a good point well, the, you want it's to aim for? hundred percent, I believe it's uh one thousand two hundred percent. You have to clarify this. <laughs> You're never gonna reach the haste cap. It's irrelevant. Just stack ace easy. The end. <sighs> okay, fair enough. But is there a <laughs> is there a a feel good point that you want to shoot for? Uh, that, that, that's yeah. Fifty percent yeah, like, I'm telling you, haste makes the class feel so much more fun, especially when you're running, like, Crusader's Judgment, when you're running, like, the new tier. Like, just, yeah. it's it's so fun. And the more haste you have, the faster you use pressing abilities, the less downtime you have. There's, I, I prefer, like, being as high as I can. Like, right now, I'm at my Paladin, I'm 26%. I used to be 34. Like, secondaries, like, okay, again, it makes so little difference in terms of, like, are you going to be a good tank? All that matters is your gameplay. But, 
just I don't really notice the difference between 34 and 26, but I just say stack as much haste as you can because it's good. Okay. Well, there are rotational parts where, like, I had to do with this recently. Well, I didn't myself, but I saw it happening where Enhancement wanted, like, 25%. But all of a sudden, it became a thing because of Ascendance. We want 35% now. And everyone was like, why is so much more? What do, why do we need it? So I, I want to bring that up as a thing. Yeah, there's not any quite break points for us because we're just, for us, we're just trying to maximize Shield Wretches up time. So we're just going to keep going, you know? Okay. Yeah. And I don't see us hitting 100%. We can be like effective 100% on some bosses. Like, for example, like if you're not actually tanking the boss at all times, you don't need Shield Righteous up during that time. So it's okay mm -hmm. if you have, you know, holes in it when you're not tanking. So if like bosses like Maiden, not a big deal because you're always going to have effective uptime. On bosses like, say, for example, Harjitan, Avatar, where you're always tanking something like the Dawn on Harjitan, either okay. the Maiden or the boss, it hurts not having Shield Righteous. So. Oh, yeah. No, I. I first-hand experience of tank deaths on that fight while I'm progressing a couple weeks ago. That was fun. Not really. Yeah. But there there are a number also, of questions in chat, but they're not uh, real questions, so we'll wait. No, they are. I, I, have to, I have to address this because it's important. Ask Mr. Robot, please don't use it for tanks. Like, I don't, don't use it for anybody. I don't know. I don't, actually, I can't say that because I don't know how good it is for other specs. But don't use it for tanks. Like, you can't sim survival for tanks yeah. unless you Really know because like here's the issue with saying for survival tanks right every boss has a different like damage profile every boss has a different pattern to it like say for example something like Croesus it's almost entirely magic damage and a few hard hitting physical slams like hard hitting in quotes I think it's something like hard damage is entirely physical and a physical damage dot so simming like a blanket oh I'm gonna say for all boss is not a thing you need like a custom script of like planning when the boss hits you it's unless you are like a simcraft whiz like Lim you're just not going to be able to send bosses for defense. For DPS, we have a guide in the prop pound of discords and the pins. Use SimCraft, not Ask Mr. Robot, and if you want to sim your DPS weights or something, go ahead and do that. Yeah, AMR is trying to, like, model these based on a ton of log information. Like, they just put out their, uh, their mistress model. That's for DPS, to my knowledge, though, which... That is totally simmable because they know how long it takes to spawn Murlocs or the Eels or whatever. Like, they know what the downtime averaged out to be. Like, that makes more sense. But there's always been these tools that have tried to help tanks manage and sim sort of survivability. And it's definitely just not... It's not a thing. Change your, your legendaries around. Be more survivable in that regard. Like, the stuff we talked about earlier in the show. But, yeah, I've... I've those have been brought up multiple times. And I don't... I'm I mean, not, that's... The issue with ASMR is that, like, there I actually don't know, maybe maybe they have updated, but there's just like tank mitigation models. Question like, I remember at the beginning of expansion trying to help out our friendly, uh, slightly special Pratt Warrior community when they were actually like for some at some period they were using Ask Mr. Robot as their sims. And I just remember looking at sims and they would have, um, they would have like speed, I think, as above stamina for tank weights, which was a bit questionable in my eyes, and I think most other eyes. So I, I would say that that's that's probably one of the issues where they use, uh, I think, it's like nopes, which doesn't really measure like how squishy of a tank you are. So like I said, like there's, it's it's even even once even if they do get the boss scripts down, which are pretty hard to get down and accurately model any single fight because like the strats can change, everything can change. 
then you're also getting the whole thing that like, well, why is why is it possible in your system for speed on a tank to be more valuable than stamina? Like, <coughs> God, yeah, AMR's gonna kill me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I we get a lot of questions like that to people debating. Aspis robot and like some other like what are those metrics slim like does that new one? Wasn't it still nopes or what did, did, did yeah it's such an end or do, like yeps or oops yeah like those hmm. metrics like I would not trust them like you know just go with the math that's been provided and like actual you know simulation that's been done so blueprint I'm not saying like oh okay I was gonna say blueprint is trolling you pretty hard in chat right now but I don't know if I want to like bring that one up. Uh... Blueprint trolling in chat. How unexpected. Well, he was asking what part of Protection Paladin that made you realize that you were incapable of playing it in hardcore <laughs> progression setting. And what advice uh, would you give? So I would like to tell Blueprint that I'm not a monkey and I try to make sure my uh, guild has the highest chance of succeeding. So unlike him, I reroll when I need to. But you are and a monk. I am. And as for Lim, I would just like to tell him that his SPK wipes were all due to him not being able to soak hydro shots. Ooh. Mm. 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 All I know is he's buying me a steak on Monday, so I'm fine. Like, he can flame all he wants. I want to see him oh. uh, <laughs> buying a steak with his, like... That's right. There was a bet going money. on. Yeah, that's right. There is a bet going on right now. Hmm. Yeah. Not gonna, not gonna ask how how he plans on making those money since we don't want him to be banned right oh. before say kill avatar. But oh, what's that? he's Ooh. buying me a steak tomorrow Ooh. night. Encore will be pulling kill Jaden, and I will not buy you a steak because we're pulling kill Jaden, and you're gonna oh. do something for me. <laughs> All right. Mm -hmm. So wrap up time then, Lim. You want to do any shout outs or end show end caps or a little soapbox time? What you got? You got a rant for uh. us? Mm, let's see. Go for it. I want to. I want to give shout outs to our friendly blueprint, who, as toxic as any OC player is expected to be. Okay. I want to give shout outs to all of my crippled, paralyzed, and on a spectrum friends who are playing Red Paladins. And when I say <laughs> playing Red Paladins, I mean sitting on a bench and playing PUBG. I'm pretty <laughs> sure at this point we might as well like switch the hammer press icon to like a PUBG icon. Let's make Red Channel redirect there. Uh, I want to give shout outs to. Everybody else, I guess, in Proud Paladin Discord, aka Paladin Discord. Want to give, uh, want to say goodbye and hello to my favorite uh, retired Spectrum player, not Cal. Want to give shoutouts to my guildies for uh, not letting us break the 300 wall on Mistress. Maybe we can get the 300 wall done on Maiden. Or <laughs> really. Uh... When I, when I, when I also want to say thank you to all of the people who are rerolling rogues right now, which makes uh, Volker Rising much more of a thing. They will uh, know what it means. There, there is a uh, there's a document being put together by a few of the the enhancement shaman folks that work on that that are actually sort of trying to analyze all of the defensives that everyone has from like a DPS standpoint, and it is almost uncomparably ridiculous how Blizzard lets rogues just exist hey, as a hey, melee. As it's... long as you don't touch Faint, Cloak of Shadows, Evasion, Vanish, and Crimson of Isle, I'm perfectly fine with whatever changes you want to do to rogues. 
<laughs> well, have you got any shout outs you want to end the show with? Something a little more positive, maybe? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm a positive guy. You know, always positive. She's I want to so shout out to my... put his tank in the hospital positively. No, no. Oh, I, wow, yeah, I want to shout wow, out to my wow. boy Ven. She's recovering, right? And I also want to shout out to my boys at Encore. You know, they asked me to shout them out, half of which are banned in this chat, apparently. Yep. And I want to shout out to Sarah's when he doesn't forget to paint sub me. Hmm. Right to the point, I suppose. I think that's yeah, yeah. that's I think that's about it. I'll go hit this this little button over here, right, right, right there. Well, thank you for tuning in to episode number one hundred and forty-eight of Final Boss TV today for Legion's Protection Paladin. Thank you all to tuning in. If you've missed the show, of course, we put up on YouTube tomorrow, aka Monday. But if you're watching on YouTube right now, hi YouTube. And you can go go check out the MP3-only version, the audio-only stuff on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music, or the website, just Final Boss TV. Go and hook into the RSS feed and go for that. But get around the table. Here is Fauv-Fauv-Fauv-Fauv. You can go follow him on his Twitch channel at Fauv with an extra O on the end. Wait, I gotta what? make one more shout-out. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Okay, go for it. Yeah, so it's really important. It's my, boy, it's my new tanking boy, Atlas. Shout-out to him. The Blood DK Rising, who I'm gonna be excited to see Guardian until Jaden. That's gonna be spicy. <laughs> Can't wait to see Atlas <sighs> on the Guardian. Oh gosh, <laughs> goodness gracious! But thank you for being on the show today, sir. I appreciate your time. And there's there's Lim, who you can follow on Twitter at bit underscore hound. And then yeah, damn it, there it is again. Yep, there it is. There it is. But. <laughs> Maybe next time I talk to you, we'll actually be playing the spec I talked to you about. But again, you know, thanks for keeping up with and doing. Is that, is that your way of saying that you're inviting me for the next Rogue podcast? Mm. Well, if you haven't, that's what I heard. If you haven't been here, you know that all the shows after we get through this final junket, we have the Method interview coming up for Myth to Kill Jaden, of course. And then we have Enhancement, Mistweaver, and Brewmaster to sort of wrap this up. Then I'm taking a time off. But then when we start the second pass of Legion shows, every single spec is solo. So, every single rogue, warlock, mage, hunter, all separate, all separate going forward. Where are you going to find but, that many outlaw rogues is my question. Is there like a mental hospital nearby? Is uh, webcams available? Excuse me? They're pirates? They're just all drunk? That is not... On live. A... <laughs> means or something. Goodness gracious me. I'll see you all here next week for the Mistweaver show. And then if it's tentative right now, but July 30th for the Method Mythic Kill Jaden interview. Once we have four more guilds, kill it. So thank you all very much for watching. Trusting your seal of artifact power as you all get artifact power that you don't care about anymore. Because finally. But until next time, everybody. Bye. 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 Wave bye, nice people. Wave bye. Wave. They can see you. They can't. There you go. Got him. What the? <laughs>